Hello and welcome to episode 173 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me forever and always, the man, the myth, the mush knob, Alessandro Velsi. <laughs> Say hello, Al. My arm has been itchy for 72 hours. Huh. That's it. Also joining us this week, fan favorite, Gary Gorecki. Say hello, Gary. Meet the new mutants. Same as the old mutants. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be my worst one. I've decided that everybody has to have a worst one, so that's it's the best okay, I can do. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> On this week's episode, we've got Loki, MGM, The Boys, and other news and nuggets, all before diving into our flick of the week. You guessed it, The New Mutants. <laughs> but first, Al... What are we drinking? I don't know why, but the more I think about it, that one's really growing on me. That's <laughs> <laughs> like an intro. It's, I don't know why. But I'm like laughing harder the more I think about it. <laughs> um, sorry, we're drinking. Um, oh, this is. We're drinking a Boulevard beer, which we've done a few of over the years, and this is Boulevard Brewing Company with Creature Comforts and Arizona Wilderness Brewing Companies. That's a three-way collaboration on a beer. It seems like. Um, it's oak aged lager with peach lemon zest and Riesling grape juice. This is the collaboration seven, um, which I guess is a collaboration series based off of the tank seven Boulevard beer, um, Mm. which is like their flagship, I guess, probably. Um, I'm looking at the back now and Oh Jesus Christ, that notification that's only I heard and neither of the two of you nor the audience heard just like assaulted my eardrums. (laughs) Um, (laughs) <laughs> to reiterate on the back, this is in fact says an oak aged lager with peach lemon zest and Riesling grape juice. It's 6% alcohol by volume with 16 IBUs. That's all I have to say about this. Beer. All right. Pretty tasty. Uh, not, not much to go on here. Not nothing, nothing notable about the bottle art. <laughs> just, just a cheers. And we'll, we'll talk about this one while cheers. Gary gets ready to tell us about his beer. Cheers. Oh yeah. Well, I have some of Connecticut's, Finest here, the Fat Orange Cat, a new double IPA from them, Polydactyl Cat. Um, all their IPAs are very good, super juicy, New England style. You know what you're getting. But uh, some slight variations in the nice. sweetness, pretty much. Um, I got the Welcome to Harga beer more recently, and I've showed you guys the cover art for that before. The uh, the label is the the Midsummer, the Cat in the Midsummer kind of flowers um right (laughs) oh yeah that's right i do recall that which is just amazing so i don't know pretty much anything from. i love the name of that beer yes um so pretty much anything from them i'm willing to try nice just our beer smells intoxicating and i don't mean that in an alcohol way i mean it's so fruity i smell the lemon zest and the peach yeah, I was going to say, it smells like something very specific, and I'm not sure what it is. I think it's a candy. It does kind of have a candy-ish. Like a peach A what? <laughs> you know those, like, gummy peach rings? Oh, peach Like the sugar-covered ones? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I thought you were speaking no, another language for a minute. Like, have you ever had a peach <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, a macho peach yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, it's it's. I feel like there's a lot going on on the nose, but taste wise, it it's it's fine. 
Yeah, there was a lot going on in the nose. I had a bloody nose a couple hours ago. I'm not entirely sure why. We're just, uh, what, what's going on with you? Your arm's itchy. You know, are you allergic to something in your house? <laughs> uh, the arm thing actually is borderline allergy. I got stung by, I don't know if it was a wasp or a hornet what? on Sunday night. The little fucker, I mean. Yeah, you don't want that. So first of all, I'm sitting down to a lovely Father's Day dinner with my, with my family. After cooking up some delicious steaks on our way too large grill that me and my dad built. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently there was a hornet's slash wasp nest just behind and above us. that None of us was aware of until we were in the middle of dinner. Uh. And all of a sudden, I felt something smack up against my arm. I turned and looked, got stung. And then the thing was just chilling on my arm. And I was like, go away. Go no. away. You've stung me already. Yeah. Go on, get. And you've done your dirty work. <laughs> yeah, you've done your dirty work, and also fuck off. Mm-hmm. The, the, I don't even think the thing probably died because I didn't find the stinger in my arm, so it probably lived to sting again, sure. or at least until we sprayed it with Reed a little while well, later. If it got you twice, <laughs> that would have been messed up. Literally adding insult to injury. Um, mm. So then, like, oh, I don't know, 15 minutes later, my mom got stung in, like, the corner of her eye. Like, not the eyeball. Ooh. Like, right like where, like, the temple meets like, the corner of the orbital bone. Uh-huh. Wow. And so we moved the rest of dinner inside. Uh, <laughs> as one sense. does. That tracks. Now, I thought it was a fairly conventional sting. I've been stung way too many times in my life by a mm. variety of yellow jackets, hornets, wasps, and bees. <laughs> and, you know, I put some ice on it. Put some hydrocortisone on it, and that was the end of it. It it. went from like an eight down to a two, and I was like, okay, we'll go about our business. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I woke up the next morning, and my arm was so itchy, and has been ever since. Do you try sucking the poison out, or is that only snakes? Uh, I don't think this was good for snakes either, Um, (laughs) but no. (laughs) Nah, it definitely works. Oh, man. (laughs) Try it. I I refer... All poison sucking to the episode of Archer where they're in the <laughs> desert and well, Gary, I forgot. Did you watch Archer? You know the one I'm talking about. I think so, but I only watched it. It's earlier, like before they did like weird spinoff seasons, right? Or I think it was season four. It was okay, pre Vice. I'm pretty sure. Okay, and so it's Archer, Ray, and Cyril. They're in the desert. They're going to. I forgot they're in Kazakhstan, I think, and they're trying to bribe some local tribal leader in the desert. And Archer lost the map in, I want to say, an airport in Greece somewhere. And he's looking for something to wipe his ass with when he goes to take a dump. And they won't give him any of the money that they're using for the, vi- for the bribe, so they give him some other map or something, I forget. He wanders off and they're talking about rattlesnakes and he gets bit while trying to take a dump in the taint. <laughs> And <laughs> he's trying to find out oh what to God. do to help himself to not die from poison. And they're like, oh, yeah, I don't know what to do about that. And he's like, get over here and suck my teeth. <laughs> 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 <It's like the laughs> and they're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. And he goes, just put a tourniquet on it. And <laughs> Ray goes, you cannot tourniquet the taint. <laughs> not with that attitude. Yeah, well, for sure. Um, <laughs> the rest of that episode's pretty great as, as Archer goes into a fever due to rattle. Never was. <laughs> but I always think of that line. You cannot tourniquet the taint. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, boy. Uh, Al, what do you give this this beer? How, well, I, I, I've really been enjoying this beer. I know we kind of went off on a tangent there. Dude, it's yeah. a really tasty 
I think perfect for the season, spring, summer, mm. fringe. Um, I'm going to give this three thuckles for sure. Hmm. Okay. I um, I agree with you season-wise. It feels like it fits nicely. Um, I... I don't. I'm not. I'm not blown away by any means. I'm going two thuckles. Okay, hmm. so so fine. It's right. not offensive, but it's not really like super special. I'm not special, but I, I, I'm very much enjoying the beer. I don't know. Yeah, you had <laughs> how many thuckles does your beer get, Gary? It's oh, uh, what is the scale? <laughs> how many? Um... Well, a thuckle is half a thumb. Okay, so you oh, have a maximum of okay. four. Thuckles. Oh. Okay, I, yeah, three, three is good, I guess. But you guys had me at the okay. Riesling. <laughs> okay, good, good. The Riesling actually, grape we juice. Have... Sorry, what did you say? The Riesling grape juice or whatever that yeah, you said was I, in there. I'm really enjoying this. Yeah, any, anytime yeah, there's like weird wine stuff in beer, I'll always give it a go. Yeah, sometimes Personally. I really like it, and sometimes it leaves a weird aftertaste that I'm not a huge fan of. This one's been pretty good, I think. Okay. Um, I do have a question, though. Should we have given Gary special dispensation because he's drinking a beer called Polydactyl, which is referring to having extra toes or fingers? Mm. Should we have given him a maximum of, let's say, oh, six thuckles? Oh, shit. No, it doesn't his grade, but... I'm not re- willing to mess up our already ludicrous scale. No. <laughs> <laughs> ludicrous, ludicrous scale, ludicrous, ludicrous speed, whatever, like, you know. <laughs> but very nice. Good. Uh, thanks for thanks for this one, Al. Shit, I spilled. The- I'm, I'm I am interested in trying some of these ones that, that Gary's got over there. Those sound those sound quite nice, quite nice. But it is time to get into some news and nuggets, as this is our movie and beer podcast. Al, why don't you kick us off? Okay, which news would you like to hear? Uh, I want to know a little bit about the boys. Okay, it's a little creepy when you put it that way, but let's talk about <laughs> boys season three. Casting a trio of brand new heroes. Um, this is on IGN. Uh, Amazon's superhero series, The Boys, is making preparations for its third season by hiring even more boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading what's on the page here. That's great. Actors Sean Patrick Flannery, Nick oh. Weschler, and Miles Gaston Villanueva have been cast in a recurring role for the upcoming season. All three will play an original character that has not been featured in the boys' comics by Garth Ennis and Derek Flannery will play a character named Gunpowder. He starred in films like The Boondock Saints and Powder. He's also starred in, in, as Indiana Jones in the 90s television series The Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. That was I him? I did not know. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> what? <laughs> Weschler will be playing Blue Hawk for the boys. He was one of the main characters on ABC's drama series Revenge. And Villanueva will be playing a character named Supersonic. He played a major role in the miniseries Law and Order True Crime, focusing on the Menendez murders. He's also appeared on The Resident and CW's Nancy Drew. Huh. There have been no official details released on the nature of these new characters' powers, though their superhero names certainly provide some hints as to what they may be. The three heroes will be joined by fellow series newcomer Soldier Boy, actor Jensen Ackles. Cool. I, uh, I... As we mentioned on like a previous episode, I started getting back into that series because I never finished the second season. Um, I think I've watched a couple more episodes since we last spoke. Mm. Uh, I still, I'm still very much enjoying it. Uh, it. I don't know why I haven't finished it in the past. I just, it, I haven't been like, I'm not like itching to like, oh, it's like tonight I have to get well, at least one more episode and I'm hooked. But I do enjoy it. So, well, I can definitely understand this is gonna probably certainly be a non-Kim show that you're watching yeah. on your own. Um, mm-hmm. So that's certainly, I'm sure, playing a part of. 
Sure. Um, I kind of went through something similar where I'd started the second season and then kind of hit a wall. Not because I wasn't enjoying the show, just like mm-hmm. because, like you said, it's like I wasn't like, oh, I need to keep going. I was very much enjoying it, just like didn't feel like, oh, I need one more or got to get to find some time. And then when I had my COVID isolation, I powered through the back half of that season. So I'm glad you didn't say the title of the name. It would have just made that sentence powered much worse. That being said, well, yeah. you already <laughs> did. We both did a masterful job so far because you refrained from saying I've gotten back into the boys. And I was going to comment on your messaging there. And I also yeah. was not going to say yeah. or through the boys. What about you, Gary? Are you enjoying the boys? <laughs> oh, Tobias, you blow hard. Um. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I really like season two. I mean, I almost thought season one was almost <coughs> too dark um, in the mm. way, like I could watch one or two, but I couldn't watch like three in a night because it was just, just really heavy and it was fun. It's still fun, like in a, yeah. but in a dark way, like a, yeah. like a game of Thrones. And um, I thought season two was a little bit more like winking and at the audience, um, mm-hmm. especially with the addition. Um, there is actually uh, an, a character or an actor from the original X-Men um, films that plays a part later on in the season. I don't know how far you are yes. into it, but um, yeah, I'm not going to say any more than mm-hmm. that. But I just thought his casting, yeah, was, yeah. you know, kind of fun, like winking, like you're in on the joke. I get it. Uh, I think I agree. Storm- I think Stormfront, you know, has been just absolutely great. Um, and then, of course, uh, I would say Homelander is probably the heart of the show. I mean, if you don't have Homelander, like, nailing every scene like he does, then I don't think you have a show, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, Billy is fun. The boys are fun. But, I mean, the, just that scene, I think it's in the first episode with the deaf uh, superhero. Uh, like the daredevil or whatever kind of knockoff and he just oh, lays God. him out oh, yeah he yeah. just and it's it's dark but it's also <laughs> hilarious I, <laughs> I just i have a question yeah um so i've actually really liked season two okay. and I, uh i think these are all good additions but just like game of thrones when we get start to get more of the off book stuff where it's like oh these aren't characters in the comics I get a little nervous, especially like handing Seth Rogen the reins and being like, run with it, you know? I mean, what I would say is, and I don't, I've never read this comic, so I don't have, I don't place any importance on the fidelity to the source material because I don't have a basis with it. But I would say, generally speaking, the nature of novels versus comic book lore you can, I think you could probably go off book more easily with comics than you can with an ad- adaptation of novelization. Yeah, maybe. maybe I know, you can just go really off book like they did with The Walking Dead. <laughs> True. <laughs> but I don't think any, I, say, I don't think the majority of the complaints about The Walking Dead's failing quality has to do with it going off book so much as just that it's poorly written generally, whatever yeah. they were choosing to do with it. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's fair. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I feel like you, I think you might have you have a maybe a little bit more wiggle room with going off on a graphic novel just because like just by the nature of it being kind of unrealistic and being usually like interesting and crazy things happening. So it's fun to see something fresh and new, especially with the idea of like 
different arcs in a in a in a comic series, right? Like of you could kind of do your own story just with the same back of characters that you want to just tell a different story and and, and they're usually pretty entertaining. So I, I kind of I do I do agree with you on that. It's funny. I seized on something that Carrie said there about how he felt like this season was somehow less dark than the first season. It's funny because I actually thought of it just the opposite. I thought that this was even darker from the perspective of I think each character is more dark and jaded and depressed. Or like I will say each of the characters reaches their lowest point to date at some point during this season. Not necessarily all concurrently at the same time. But as far as the viewer engaging with the material, I think that they also ratcheted up the comedy even more. So like it was yeah. like net neutral as far as its impact on me, the viewer. Mm. I think you spend less time ruminating in like the darkness in the second season. Um, well, there's definitely faster, I think. Yeah. I'm just thinking of like how fucked up, like was how fucked up like Huey was or like, Starlight Train's uh, girlfriend. Like each of them on their own in separate moments. What about Yes, yes, yes. And it definitely hits like I mean there's a big wallop at the end. (laughs) But the um just the moments episode to episode, like the um A Train's girlfriend, you know, killing a guy (laughs) with her legs and being a drug addict, and A Train having to kill her (laughs) using needles. Yeah. And uh, the deep being a sex offender. I mean, I think episode, thematically, maybe you're right where the characters are hitting lower points, but on the screen, what was actually happening in season one is way more dark, I think, than season two. I mean, those are, this is, I mean, yeah. the deep just pulling out. Yeah, his I thing. think you're, you're probably right about like plot points. <laughs> in, yeah, the, in no, front no, of Starlight. I think then, maybe right, um, like as far as specific plot points. <clears throat> <laughs> not a moment I should be laughing, but I'm pretty Gary terrible. It's bad. Gary That's why I bring it up. That's why. I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or even uh, who's the invisible well, guy? I, I'm looking forward to finishing. <laughs> um, the one that they killed fairly early in the first. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think he he has a thing where he's like hiding in the bathroom and watching people too, or something. Hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, wasn't he there witnessing Starlight getting raped by the Deep? Yeah, yeah, he's deaf, but he's still, he's there on his own, like, you know, doing his own mischievous things. I don't know. But yeah, Anthony, you were saying. I, I do like, I do like that storyline where the, he's very clearly dead and they all know it, but because he's invisible, they just keep acting like he's alive yeah, and no one that, can see him. <laughs> that is, that's kind of funny. Good write-off. Uh, I, I'm enjoying the second season. Want to get through it, but I'm looking. I'm glad to know that there's more to come. Um, one that inevitably gets that'll be fun. Moving on, something happened with MGM. <laughs> I was gonna say, wow, we're, what a cliffhanger! Something happened. Something. <laughs> okay, happened. so uh, I did a poor job gathering. <laughs> I did a poor job gathering news and nuggets <laughs> for this week, unlike last week in which I had way too many news and nuggets. But thankfully, right as we were getting started. Gary mentioned that um, Amazon bought MGM Studios, I guess. So I figured I'd dig that up and find out what that's all about. And we're all going to learn via this story on the Wall Street Journal, uh, which is tackling this from the perspective of the FTC's involvement with this deal and also the fact that MGM shares are ticking down on the news of his involvement with this deal. 
Shares of the Hollywood studio MGM Holdings, Inc. have drafted down since the Wall Street Journal reported the Federal Trade Commission has pushed for and received jurisdiction over Amazon.com, Inc.'s, that's Amazon.com, Inc.'s proposed acquisition of MGM. MGM shares, which are traded privately, ticked down from around $138. Oh my god, I hate this sentence so much. <laughs> Sorry, I, I saw that something happened to you there. I... <laughs> because so I'm going to read you the beginning of the sentence, and you'll see where the speed bump is. Okay. MGM shares, which are traded privately, ticked down from around $138 to $139. Hmm. <laughs> so what happened here was they were trying to give us a mathematical range of $138 to $139, but rather than using a dash, as one often does with mathematical values, they put the word two. Sure, which changes the sentence entirely. <laughs> exactly, especially when the rest of that sentence wraps around to the next line. So let's try this again. MGM shares, which are traded privately, down from around one hundred thirty-eight to one hundred thirty-nine dollars a share Monday and Tuesday morning, down to one hundred thirty-four dollars Wednesday. You could say around one hundred thirty-eight. You could just say that, and it would be fine. <laughs> you yeah. don't need to specify, <laughs> right? Since the deal was announced in late May. Many MGM shareholders have been expecting a close review of the deal given the regulatory surrender. Several hedge funds have since been consulting with antitrust lawyers to see whether a strong case could be made against them. The deal has been a boon to hedge funds. While some fund managers say they worry about the sentiment, a raft of bipartisan legislation to curb the market power of big technology company signals, they largely say they are confident the deal wouldn't merit blocking on antitrust concerns. Hmm. Any increased strength for Amazon as a streaming platform would increase competition and choices for consumers, several said, noting Amazon has a relatively modest library compared with traditional media giants. MGM's library includes the James Bond franchise and The Handmaid's Tale and would boost Amazon's prime video streaming platform. Still, the traditional forms of antitrust analysis may miss part of the picture in the current political environment. Progressive Democrats hold positions of power and are pushing for far more aggressive enforcement. New FTC chairwoman Lena Khan a longtime Amazon critic has argued the government needs to broadly consider how additional acquisitions by the company will allow it to leverage and amplify the power it already holds in online markets. Hedge funds have been trying to assess whether Ms. Khan would be willing to gamble on antitrust case she might lose early in her tenure. Several said they viewed it as unlikely, though one set of loss could strengthen Ms. Khan's arguments that antitrust laws need major changes to become, sorry, to better restrain dominant companies. Okay. Uh, all I care about is that with my Prime membership, will I be getting MGM movies? And if the answer to that is yes, I'm okay with this. If the answer to that is I have to play, pay that extra premium plus, premium plus, like, uh, tax that they like to do on other services, then I'm not okay with it. That's it. Now, when you say that, do you mean like it's going to be a separate spun-off Amazon Prime Plus or <laughs> Disney Plus Prime? I'm saying <laughs> if, if I have to pay for Prime and then I have to pay an extra fee on top of, like, that to get access to... Oh, the phone's about to fall out of pocket on the floor. Oh, saved it. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to um, pay, an extra, pay an, extra, an extra fee on top of it to get like some of the MGM content. I'm not going to. But I doubt that that'll be the case. I don't think I that would, would happen. I would never hold your breath if they're going to find a way to build more dollars from you. <laughs> uh, but they, the thing is, they won't get it. Like, they, because they're, I feel like they're offering <laughs> a little bit weak. I mean, I would say I can't think of a single MGM property other than James Bond off the top. You got that, you got that tiger, man. Anytime yeah, you saw a tiger, it's a big, roaring at the screen before the movies. Those, there it's was some definitely movies there. a tiger and not another animal. 
<laughs> lion. Definitely. <laughs> lion. But also, Anthony, Big please, cat. Name, please name for me other than The Wizard of Oz all the movies you can think of that had that. I know, it's tough, but like... The actual to... news story is Amazon gets The Wizard of Oz and double Rocky. <laughs> Uh, I don't think they'll probably okay, increase you know what? There was a name. I, I the that. price for the membership. I mean, I don't know. Amazon Prime's the only weird one where it's like, are you a member because you just order a bunch of stuff online all the time? Or are you a member because you actually like Amazon Prime as a service? I mean, it's the only one that has two purposes, really. Um, and then even if they get the rights to these MGM movies. That definitely movies, is a unique place in the um, they probably won't all revert instantly. They probably have like individual contracts already. Like all these MGM properties are licensed out because MGM doesn't have a streaming service. Mm. So, I mean, sure. how many movies are on HBO? I'm sure there'll be a movies? phase out. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I, I think Prime's a good service. I, I think HBO Max is my favorite and I just want James Bond. Give me James Bond. Where's James Bond? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I actually really like HBO Max as well. I'm the, I would say that I've actually dealt with the worst since the early days of like engaging with Netflix. Uh, some of the paralysis by analysis where I'm like, oh my god, there are like literally five thousand things I can watch on this, and I don't know which one to choose. Um, I will say that I haven't watched a ton of their new slash original content, so I'd like to see a little bit more beefing up of all of that. I mean, I know that there's some that's existed or what, uh, unlike with like Amazon or Netflix or <clears throat> some of the other sites, there's, um, I wouldn't say necessarily a ton of new stuff that I've been rushing to watch. on HBO. Do you find the HBO max app to be buggy as hell? Um, no, really? I haven't had, um, issues. I would say that, the first couple times I used it, I ran into a little bit of an issue with streaming one or two things where it cut out in the middle of it and then I had to put it back on. But it's been a few months since I've had that issue. Gary? I mean, the formatting could be better, obviously. Like, Netflix is the opposite where it shows you everything and everything's on the front page. Um, where HBO mm-hmm. is just kind of new releases and a lot of stuff you do kind of have to dig for. Where if you don't know if it's on the service already, you're like, do they have this? Do they have the Matrix or whatever? Uh, so you do have to dig a little bit more. But <laughs> Right. I, 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 well, I have a question about the formatting, though. Are you talking about just the front page? Or are you talking yeah. about... Or the categories. The categories are weird. It's like, <laughs> do, do, you like wow. do you like Batman movies? Here's all the Batman movies. And it's like, well, that's fine. But that's, that's still only like 12 movies. I do. Like, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I can only watch them so many times. (laughs) So I just think the categories are weird. Like I get why, why Disney plus would have an MCU tab. I don't get why if you're HBO and you're technically Warner brothers, you're technically Warner brothers max and you have HBO. Why you'd be like, Hey, Zack Snyder, huh? (laughs) (laughs) And everything's black and white because of Zack Snyder. Yes. Do you like Sucker Punch? Yeah. Oh. Don't answer that question. <laughs> speaking of Sucker Punch, speaking of Sucker Punch, this, this week's movie. Mm. Mm. Well, we're not there yet. <laughs> I know, but wow. I have okay. to say that at one point, and I never saw Sucker Punch, but I'm familiar 
please, but, uh, please watch I this watched movie. This movie, and at one point, I was like, "Are they ripping off Sucker Punch?" <laughs> oh, come on! Uh, the only thing I was uh, <laughs> the only thing I'll say on uh, the, on HBO Max, my issue actually wasn't with the actual like streaming of the movie itself, but the app and trying to dig through the movies and find something will crash on me consistently with that, with different versions of the app on different devices. I've had issues with that. And that, oh, that never to me is unacceptable that. today. No, fair enough. I, I've never run into that particular issue. Though. Okay. Was it on like a smart TV or? Gary? Gary? <laughs> yeah, no. Wait, wait. Uh, I feel like Gary's on satellite delay, but uh, <laughs> it was on. I've tried on uh, a, a Roku, a smart TV, and an Apple TV. Apple the Apple TV was by far working the best. The the Roku was I would have issues like trying to actually search for something like in with their search bar, and then the smart TV one was just unusable. <laughs> oh, okay, I get that. But so I, otherwise, I've, I like the service and and what it offers. Uh, so I've, I've used it primarily on a Samsung 4K TV. I've used it a couple times on Xbox One once or twice on my phone and i've never had that particular issue okay so maybe maybe it is a me thing uh let's move on to loki okay we've all we're all up to date right we've all seen all three episodes very freshly up to date yes okay first thing uh in my experience watching this episode i unfortunately needed to break it up into two viewings which i don't like to do but i had to uh the second viewing was the last like 20 minutes of the movie and uh i was watching it on my ipad and i had um i had like the uh, the airpod pros in and, and it has a spatial audio option and i was <laughs> blown away by the soundscape that they were pumping out of this uh out of this sh- uh show i was like this is ridiculously good <laughs> yeah. but well especially uh, that that final like eight minutes of it right yeah like ducking like it was crazy the twist? I, don't, I still don't understand i i don't understand audio technology at all or how they do that <laughs> Sorry, what twist? What a twist? No. Because um, I think Apple Music just did the same thing, too. <laughs> they, um... uh, yeah, increased audio output or whatever. Um, I don't understand it, but um, it's a good sounding show. Are we going full spoilers? or? Oh, absolutely. Ah. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we oh, do because you guys big, keep slowing like, down. I'm not the only one slowing down. Field energy in this recording, but <laughs> I don't know. I feel like me and Anthony are synced up at the same timeline. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, that makes really sense. You. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, Gary's definitely a variant. Why won't he take his coat off? Why does he keep wearing his coat? Take the damn coat off! Like I know <laughs> he's got to remind us what's going on. We got to know what's happening. <laughs> That's All a right, good so point. What happened I, there was definitely a, po- a point through the episode where I think it was when he was. <laughs> so there was definitely a point where when he, it, early on in the episode where he followed Sylvie through that portal into like the TVA headquarters and he's like patrolling the halls looking for her and I'm like why is he still wearing the jacket he's just wearing the coat on the back <laughs> yeah it's like they want us to buy the coat and it's like I'm not gonna buy Maybe the coat well okay I would yes absolutely <laughs> No, you but, don't think. Uh, listen, I like Disney's always looking for merch opportunities, but they're going to sell variant coats. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, for a hundred and forty dollars. You watch. 
And you, you can make your own. You pick the font color. It's like, yes. it's like a little Design a code? Yeah. Oh my God. Just press on whatever iron on letters. <laughs> Wait, so it's not only just design your own coat, it's you make it yourself too, and we're charging you $140. Thank you. Fuck off. No, That's no, right. I'm not saying that. I think yeah. <laughs> it was just saying you could make your own variant coat. <laughs> um, I didn't know this. I thought you guys, this was pretty obvious that Disney just wants to sell us action figures and coats. Oh, and of course. Co- and coats. And coats. <laughs> no, there's no question that they are going to monetize everything. Want like a can. zipper to, to Star me, Lord. Even I didn't see the depth of greed that was for selling the coat. <laughs> It's the last step. You I know? would buy the Star Lord coat. Absolutely, it's a cool coat. <laughs> All right. So, what actually happened? What happened in Loki? So, anyway, on non-coat related topics. <laughs> um. So, I feel like I saw some rumor mongering a few days ago about whether or not Sylvie was actually a Loki, and it's funny because they feel like they answered that question. Yet, we're also playing slightly coy with the whole "oh, stop calling me that, don't call me that." I'm Sylvie. I don't know enough about this. I saw some of this around the time with WandaVision, Agatha Harkness, all along and all that, that people thought that that's who it was going to be, et cetera, so on, whatever version of it. And there's something about that with Sylvie slash this variant or whatever, and I forget what character it was. The Enchantress maybe or some shit? I forget. Hmm. Yeah, I I don't I don't really care to speculate. I've just been enjoying the way that it's going, and I'm I'm really I I, I think overall the execution of the show has been really strong, and I think that the like I think each episode has gotten better and given us a little bit more of a style to it, and this one in particular when the two I'm gonna call them Loki's for now were able to actually get some screen time together and like the conversations that they were having, the interpersonal relationship that they're building, I think that was really awesome to watch. I think they did a really good job. I think the actors are fantastic. Just give me weird space stuff. I love weird Marvel space stuff. Go anywhere. Because um, <laughs> it's, it's the stuff that we haven't seen, really. Like It's all been super grounded, and yes, Thor is on Asgard and all that, but like... You know, Marvel has stuff like with the Celestials and uh, the Eternals and stuff like that. And I mean, it's going to be a motion picture like the the Eternals movie. So it's going to be kind of buttoned down and, you know, they have to play by the rule book because that's actually a Marvel film where if they're just playing around and messing around and this is that and everybody has an Infinity Stone and they don't mean anything like that's fun. That's why you read comic books. Yeah, there was definitely kind of some of that whole, like, turning everything on its head with that, especially that whole sequence where it's like, oh, hey, look, everyone uses paperweight infinity stones, which me and Anthony talked about last week, which I thought was 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 definitely a cool idea. And there's some more of that here where it's like, yeah, we're just going to go to some random planet you've never heard of before, and we're going to blow it up and throw a moon at it or whatever. And Or I guess it was vice versa. Yeah, I was watching that scene. I was like, surely you mean the moon is about to crash into the planet, right? Because I am not understanding what's happening here. Yeah, I know, right? It's, it's a weird one where we have the atmospheric moon that's getting crashed into by the much longer, like, super, much bigger, like, super terrestrial in an uninhabitable planet, I guess, which, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, uh, generally when you play planet versus moon, planet wins. Sure, sure. That, when that planet split in half, I was pretty excited about the visual. I think that was for, really cool. For a second, I was confused. I thought we got yanked into, like, Infinity War when 
uh, Thanos brings the moon down on the surface of Titan yeah. or whatever it was, right? And I was like, didn't we see this already? He was like, no, okay, they're in a different place. Something else terrible and catastrophic is happening. We're right. all good. That's, it's, it's different. They're not bringing the moon down on the planet. They're bringing the planet down on the moon. We discussed this. <laughs> <laughs> and then why are it's the guards... Been, it's, it's been super entertaining. I, uh, lack, lack of Owen Wilson bothered me because I, like, I really enjoy Owen Wilson on screen in this movie, in the show. I like that, actually, because they're going to get back to that, like the buddy cop thing. That's what I kind of thought the first two episodes sure. were just Loki and Owen Wilson being buddy cops. And it's like, this is awesome. Um, but mm. they'll, I assume they'll get back together to do another mission or something like that. I didn't understand why were the guards still doing their jobs um, when the spaceship was full of like the evacuees and everything. <laughs> It's like, don't you, you don't, uh, there's no. <laughs> and all nothing. still lifting off. <laughs> uh, uh, what, it, what? Just do whatever, like you would pillage. And I get it's like a PG, it's a Disney show, so they can't actually show what would be happening in a near apocalypse situation. <clears throat> if you know what I mean. But, um. <laughs> but like they kind of half did. The people were pillaging. <laughs> the people were pillaging and the guards were like, well, you stop doing that law and order, everybody. Even though we're all like moments from death, absolutely. So that's dumb. I feel like, like the guards were just trying to stop them from getting to the spaceship. But well, even then, they're not letting you on the spaceship. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Also, no one's getting past that wall. It's going to do far more work than these than the guards are going to be able to do. <laughs> True. It's like the guards on the Titanic who are like checking people when they're getting on the lifeboats. Did, and, then, and then when oh, when that when that shuttle gets ripped in half by whatever that asteroid was, I was like, oh, this will be interesting. <laughs> yeah, super shocking end to an episode. <laughs> yeah. All is lost. This is it. There's actually been a joke the whole time. That was it. It was a three episode yes, run. There's no more to the story. <laughs> for a second, I thought they were doing the thing that we've been talking about for so long where it's like, hey, what if they just ended the season after three episodes? Yeah. No, they're dead. Fuck you. Yes. <laughs> Fool you. <laughs> Huh, that's one way to, to wipe that timeline. <laughs> it's just a reminder of how dumb Loki was. Like, Avengers Loki is so dumb. Like, I get later on, he gets to Sakaar and, and Ragnarok, <laughs> and he tricks the Grandmaster or whatever, but, like, yeah. Th- I mean, he learned everything emotionally by watching the future or whatever, but his plans and his actual tactics, like, just getting drunk on the ship, just not smart stuff from our guy here. Yeah. That was, it was very entertaining, though. Actually, my original intro to the show was to call Al the man, the myth, the imaginary love dagger, which is oh, similar yes. to what I called him anyway. <laughs> the imaginary love dagger. What a tremendous name. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I, I, like, I, I love their interactions. <laughs> Well, you're you're right. It is like he is such a doof at this point. I mean, he's like he's so up his own ass, and like he's like starting to he's he's basically relearning everything that he's learned since then in a new way. And I think that's actually really fun to watch. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Well, it definitely gives a space for character development in a place where we thought that that character no longer got to have development anymore. <laughs> Run it back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Cool, cool. Any 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 other any thoughts on look? Any ideas where it could be going? Well, I think are we going to get 
like a solo a Star Wars story type of like diversion here because they threw away the idea way too quickly of, oh God, all of the TVA are actually variants and they don't realize it. And is this going to create like an uprising in which the TVA members all realize they're human beings who've been brainwashed to carry out this greater purpose in a form of slavery and we're going to have I, this like L2 or whatever she was. I feel like that that is what's going to happen but I don't think that that's like that, that's too crazy right because I feel like something whatever's going to happen here is going to result in a multiverse whatever happens by the end of this this show and that would be a great way for it to happen if they just stopped doing their job <laughs> That's true. I mean, I don't know. I think theoretically the multiverse already exists and I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to say that because nobody wants to hear me explain this. But um, I think the the real conclusion is going to be it's going to be Kang the Conqueror. I think we're going to get a Kang the Conqueror tease and that's probably going to lead more into Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, 3. Because a lot of people are talking more about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, if, if we're doing show to movie, I would assume that Wanda ties into that more than, than the time stuff. I think the time stuff they're going to give to Ant-Man and the Wasp and the multiverse stuff they're going to do with Wanda if we're doing show to movie like mm-hmm. one-to-ones. Gotcha. Yeah, I see what you mean because obviously they we know Wanda is going to be in Doctor Strange and. So I can understand why this might, you would think, would lead somewhere else. And then we have to see how that's going to work. So if, I mean, I imagine that all three of these or all four of these properties in some way or other. And don't forget that Spider-Man also has. Yes. No Way Home is definitely going to have some sort of existential like thing because yeah. Doctor Strange is in that movie as well. We're just turning into a whole sort of clusterfuck where it's all intertwined somehow. Like more so than it's been like leading up to Avengers. Like literally the threads of one franchise are going to go into the other franchise more directly than we've seen in any of the other ones, with the exception of like Hulk just showing up in Thor. Yes, that's true. I am curious to see how it, how it all plays out. I'm looking forward to, to, for, for this, this main long running storyline to actually kick into gear. I know like it's, it's kind of started, right? But we, we don't really know the shape of it yet. And I feel like once we get a couple movies in, we'll start to feel that. And I'm looking forward to that point. Well, definitely the pandemic derailed whatever the next phase of Marvel like movie is going to be. So it definitely feels like we're like on a false start here. But um, I will say the, through three of six episodes, this is by far the best. Oh, yeah. Like, Not even from close. Craftsmanship, performance, like it's like singular vision. Oh, how yeah. they're literally putting it on. Like this looks by far the most like a movie than all of them have looked. It looks incredible. It sounds incredible. It's really tightly like plotted and created. And like, I, I don't know. I'm actually kind of at a loss for words. Even. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. I also, the music has been fantastic. Oh my God. I brought that up. Was it last week or week before I forget, but, um, it sounds so good. The music is is tremendous. They keep adding to it somehow week by week. And that's not even including Loki just deciting to get up and sing drunkenly and like yeah, Serenade. So awesome. 
death train car like but like it, it kind of like m- like merges like all of those awesome like like i feel like the soundscapes of like something like uh obviously you get like ragnarok right and like the kind of music there that's synthy stuff that's going on there but like also like blade runner and dune and like all of, <laughs> like the way that all that the the music works in those movies i feel like it's kind of a, a like coming together with all of that stuff and it's just, especially in this episode with the music in the background as they're kind of just walking through the the moon while things are co- coming down around them. I don't know. It was just really well done. Yes. Cool. Well, let's move on to the next thing. Gary has has a little has a little topic for the show today. Gary, you want to take us away on this? Oh yeah. So uh, I don't know how many of you guys did, but I was just thinking with the movie theaters opening back up um, to a certain extent, at least, and depending on what state you are, stuff like that. Um. What movie would you want to time travel to go see in the theater live, you know, with a live audience? Um, <clears throat> I, I have a couple. Um, but yeah, if you could time travel and just go back and be there opening night to go see your Jaws or your Goodfellas or something like that. Um, so, uh, yeah. How many did you guys do or Al? So it's funny because I have what's probably going to be a fairly obvious one, whether you would choose to like in a back thing to choose uh star wars like the original star wars is kind of <laughs> yes. among the top of like, just to see that experience of like how that happens and then even more so than that maybe is empire because yeah like the first one comes out and it becomes a sensation right but i'm picturing like okay like i lived through the return when they did phantom menace and i lived through the return when they did the force awakens right but to be th- like in the height of it and then go straight into empire. Like, Oh God, the most amazing thing we ever saw on screen ever. And at that point, right. It's the first time there's no nostalgia. It's like, it's just happened like three years ago. We all fucking love this thing. The next one's here. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I am with you on that. My first pick was actually empire. I thought that would have been, that would have yes. been the one. If I could travel back to see one, it would be that. Uh, and that's, that's what the topic of, that's what the idea of one that I actually wasn't, I didn't get to be at. Yeah. I think so. The one that is right up with there is I would love to experience the Dark Knight again for the first time on opening night. I it really, was, it was like nothing else I've experienced. It was so much fun. the The crowd of people, everybody was so excited to be there. Uh, and the there, the, I guess the one that goes hand in hand with that was when we we did the trilogy for the Dark Knight Rises, and that was just <laughs> another like blowout experience where I would I would love to re-experience that. Oh yeah, Gary. Did you have you ever heard us talk about that experience going to see the Dark Knight Rises? Uh, I mean, I I was on the episode, so I assume we talked about it. <laughs> oh, I forgot that, that was one of the reasons. <laughs> We've had enough guests do enough episodes now. I don't remember everyone, every specific individual one that everyone did. No, us. no, no, no. I'm so, just, being... yeah, totally <laughs> but yeah, I know. I think there was, yeah. Um... Let's see here. Okay, so I do have one honorable mention. <laughs> the subtext there, Gary's like, I don't know, that wasn't that interesting. Okay. And I was like, you're not interested. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've had like... We I mean, if you want to retell the story, story, retell the story. I don't know. Five times. <laughs> Deanna three or four times. <laughs> no, we've talked about it enough on the show. The listeners don't need the story. I just couldn't remember whether we talked about it with you specifically. <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> That's great. Go ahead, Gary. Um, all right, so my honorable mention is uh, Batman Returns. I would love to go back and just be at a pack because I wanted something more cinematic. Okay. And and 
and dark mm-hmm. and has a lot of presence. And just the way Burton shoots everything. I mean, I want to be there in the theater when Catwoman's doing all the flips, you know, towards Batman and the Penguin. I want to mm-hmm. be there where Paul Rubens is disowning his baby. Like, I mean, I just think that would be so cool. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Oh, <laughs> Paul Rubens has, he's at I the beginning. I from the screen for one second. Paul Rubens? <laughs> he plays Penguin's yeah. father. Pee-wee is Penguin's father in Batman Returns. At the beginning where they, they put the baby in the basket. That's right. He reprises that role on Gotham. I no. haven't seen Batman Returns in over 20 years. So oh my God. I don't recall the very big. Well, mm-hmm. what better way to see it than time traveling to 1992? <laughs> going to the theater. <laughs> um, all right. So my main point. answer, I'm glad we only did one because mine's a cheat answer because uh, I'm a trickster god. And I would go back to 1994. <laughs> And I would stay in 1994 for like six to seven months and just disrupt the entire time like <laughs> line. So I could see Jim Carrey do The Mask, Ace Ventura, and Dumb and Dumber all in one year. That would rule. Oh, man. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that, that's a hell of a movie year for one single actor. That would oh, be my wild, God. For sure. <laughs> oh. I, those movies, man. I, I actually, it's funny, like that they came out in such quick succession. Because when I initially, when I finally saw like the first of those, um, I was able to see the others like quickly because we had access to a video store that like yes. we shared, <laughs> and we gave them pizza. They gave us movies, and like we were able to watch them all pretty quick. And it, it just what an experience to burn through all of those. Oh my God, yes. And and to walk out oh, and the first time be like, oh, this Jim Carrey guy is pretty good. And then the second time, like, oh my God. And then by the yeah. time you get to Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> you're just like, this is the funniest man who's ever lived. And then I can safely go back to my timeline. <laughs> That's fair. It's funny because I don't spend a ton of time thinking about Jim Carrey um, like outside of watching his movies specifically because like Anthony loved Jim Carrey. Probably his favorite actor for most of us, up between him and Schwarzenegger. Like, you had your action yeah. guy and your comedy guy. Um, I always enjoyed the Jim Carrey movies or whatever, but, like, I haven't even seen, like, really his whole, whole catalog. And I don't know what made me think about it earlier today, but I was thinking about, like, my favorite scene from When Nature Calls, which is when they're driving through the woods when he first lands <laughs> in Africa, and he's driving in the little <laughs> the Jeep thing, <laughs> the whole scene but he's bouncing around in the jeep yeah so the whole scene is great and it's everyone always remembers like a glove which is hysterical when he parks the thing but my favorite part of it is when he starts singing chitty chitty bang bang yeah yes and it it just like culminates with him turning and screaming yes (laughs) it gets me every (laughs) single time when he does that Uh, oh it's so good I I adore those movies. I I, I love Dumb and Dumber might be my favorite. I love really? yeah. Like I love Ace Ventura. I love them, but there's something special about Dumb and Dumber. I, I don't. It gets me. It's every it's time. Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels is the secret sauce. Yeah, yeah. I uh, one of my favorite lines from that movie is uh, when he says uh, "canines, dogs" to the lay <laughs> person. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the whole movie is. Uh, like, oh, check so out the right, butt so on Gary's that. coming back for Dumb and Dumber. Got it. <laughs> yes. 
And Dumb and Dumber too. <laughs> Very cool. I liked this, Gary. That was a good. That was a good one. Yeah. Show. I yeah. think. I think with that we should get into some fun and games. Okay. For this week's fun and games, I'm prepared. I hope you are. There's a couple of caveats I'm going to make early on. I've realized that things that get us tripped up are sometimes genre gets us tripped up with what we think should qualify versus like what it's listed as. So, so you're going to read the IMDb genres for questions like that. I will be referencing if I, if I will be referencing the IMDb answer. Um, Se- seems sensible. Possible. Okay. Um, I will try to caveat less and uh, go on from there. So uh, Gary, for if you're not familiar with how this works, we're playing 20 questions. You have 20 questions to figure out what the movie is. Uh, it's not, it's, on the 20th question, you have to be making your guess if you haven't done it already. So it's not like 20 questions and a guess. It's like the 20th is, is the one, uh, yes. is your max. Uh, you guys can ask the questions however you want. You can slow it down and collaborate. You can go one back and forth, whatever you want to do. It's really <coughs> kind of open to you all. So let the questioning commence. All right, Gary, why don't you kick us off with our first question? Okay. Uh... So it's everything but the title, right? Yeah, you can pretty much ask any question about the movie that you want, as long as it's in the form of something that he can answer with a yes or a no. Oh, it's yes or no. Okay. Uh, Did this movie come out in the last 30 years? Yes. Okay. You know, he's right on to us, because me and Anthony always, our first question is typically before or after the year 2000. Okay. Okay, so last 30 years. So from 1991 on. Yes. Okay. Um, Would this movie be considered an action movie? Yes. Is this movie part of a franchise? Yes. Okay, okay. Is this movie... mm, Actually, no. I'm going to refrain from asking that question because it's kind of redundant. Um, Is this movie feature... A single one, sorry, one or two identifiable leads. Yes. Okay. So not an ensemble is basically what I'm asking. Okay. Hmm. Um. Are, let's see. Action. That's kind of the same thing. Um. What do you want to do, Al? Do you want to? Do you want to? Well, so let's let's more... let's break it down into a decade, maybe. Okay. I mean, that's that potentially is three different questions. Or, well, I guess, yeah, it's potentially, because we already did the last 30 years. So it's more of a shot in the dark. Um, let's well, see. So let's try. Just... Do you want to try and get the lead? Okay. I guess we could go that way. Or um... we could ask if the director, we could focus on the lead or the director. What do you want to do? Actually, let's go with the director, because I feel like okay. that's probably um, got a narrower scope. Probably. Let's see. Um, is is this is the director an award-winning director in terms of traditional uh, like Golden Globes like or sc- screen screenplay or director? Yeah. No, not screenplay. Sorry, uh, best picture or best director winner or nominee? You go with winner or nominee? My my gut says no, but I don't want to steer you wrong. You don't uh, want to say no. No. No? Okay. Huh. Uh, all right. So we have an action film. 
Actually, wait, I have another question to piggyback on the whole director thing. Did this director direct all of the films in the franchise? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I actually don't know. Let me look that up real quick. I like that one, though. Uh... No. Ooh, okay. Interesting. Um, let's see. Uh, that's a good one. I, I want to hold on to that one for a future. <laughs> Anytime we have a franchises one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Dead air. Dead air is bad. All right. Well, is the, is the lead of the movie Caucasian? <laughs> yes. Okay. okay. It's a good question. It's a good question. Um, is this franchise wait huh, I don't know I was thinking about maybe trying to pursue how many movies are in the franchise yeah um, how many questions I don't know or we could way? ask uh, if there's been a reboot or a sequel in the last 10 years or 5 years hang on a second Anthony yeah. how many questions Se- did I ask? 7 questions okay Gary how do you feel about asking whether this is a currently active franchise uh, well, I, I think it's a little murky, but I'm okay with it. Well, hang on a second, because I'm going to couch it like this. If we ask that question, for instance, something like Batman, if this movie were to be... Is, say, is there a planned Batman, sequel, you mean? Well, what I was say is, like, if this movie were to be, say, Batman Forever, that would be within the contained four movies of, like... Yes. Not including Batman Begins and... The Batman, well, you know, those would be separate from that as far as the franchise goes. I disagree. Is the problem? I would, I would count the Batman because it's Batman. I mean, it's active. But well, it's the same IP, but it's not the same franchise. It's, been it's not the continuation. Okay, so you're asking more if this is a reboot or if this is an active. Yeah. Reboot. So what I'm going to say is, Anthony, you heard our sidebar. I got there. you. Yep. Within that definition, is the franchise still currently going? No. Okay. So, so like that rules out That's Fast and the one. Furious or Star Wars, right. you know what I mean? Wait, within within your context. <clears throat> yeah. Well, yes. what does the, Batman, the Batman Forever franchise is not still going. Oh. Correct. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But So but, but, what I'm saying is that this movie couldn't be a Fast and the Furious or a Star Wars. Gotcha. But it could okay. be one uh, of the Schumacher type yeah. Batmans or okay. cool. you know what I mean? Or, okay. Um Let's see here. This is going to sound weird. I Just go with it, all right? I'm sorry. I love it. I'm ready. Okay. Hit me. Um, has the lead co-starred with Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What a, specific, what a specific question. I think that's what we got to do. I think that's what we got to do. Don't get me wrong. Uh, there's definitely... I'm just... It's just not something that has ever come up in any of the versions that me and Anthony have played in this. Which isn't to say it's wrong or a bad line of questioning. I'm just right? laughing because I no, I'm just laughing it's because yeah, it's never it's even in like the realm of something I would have considered to ask. And it could turn I, up dividends. Um no. No. Okay. So he's never been not to, not, not to my knowledge and not with a not with a quick search. Okay. Right. So like, yeah, we're not counting something that was like an uncredited cameo right. type of deal. No, no, no. Okay, no. that's fine. <sighs> You go, Al. What do you got? You got any ideas? Okay. It's stressful, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I could literally see the anxiety on Anthony's face when we got to like question 15 last week. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. In the last 30 years, from a dead franchise, action. 
is this franchise based on comic books? No. I like that. Okay. All right. Okay. Because then that rules out like stuff like Blade. No, that's a necessary question. All right. So I'm going to go. How many do we have left? You have 10 questions left. That was number 10. Okay. Fine. Then was this ma- movie made in the 90s? Yes. Okay. okay. 90s franchise. Hmm. I should have just asked that instead of the Ryan Reynolds question, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, oh wait, so, okay, so let's, let's start ruling things out then. Um, is this movie a Batman movie? Do you want to ask that question? I'm asking that question, yeah. No. Okay. okay. It's also not based on a comic book, which you asked. Oh, oh yeah. God damn it, Al. <laughs> it's okay, we're still going to get this. We are going to get this. Um, Ooh, shit. You wanted, if you want to double up, you can double up. I'm, I'm thinking. No, last one, no. I just, I had a, a thought of a way to go. And I, the problem is, I okay, don't here know we the go. answer to the question. Right. So, does this movie star Bruce Willis? No. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Man, okay. that's tough. So that's I'm, a tough loss. Now, yeah. That's why I don't like to go down those. (laughs) Well, we know it's not Bruce Willis, but we also know it's not Samuel Jackson. We know it's not Eddie Murphy. But it's an action franchise. Did Eddie Murphy co-star in something with Ryan Reynolds? Well, no, he said no. (laughs) I know. Well, I'm asking you. What what, what was Eddie Murphy in with Ryan Reynolds? Because we asked if he was Caucasian. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Huh. Okay, how about this? Um, I don't know. Al, you go. You go, because I feel like you're going to get mad at me, because I keep just getting really specific. <laughs> I'm so excited well, to well, know Gary's going to ask that. Uh, well, no, <laughs> Gary, Gary, sidebar. Yeah, let's you can talk ask it out. Me. Let's talk it out. You can ask me what the question you're going to ask. That's and I will true. Give you it my blessing or not. Question before you... Well, how do you feel about De Niro? Like, generally? Or whether he's in a franchise? <laughs> I guess or... he's not in a 90s action <laughs> franchise. Okay. <laughs> What about um, who's left? Because, I mean, it is a franchise. It's no longer going on. Hmm. But it's only in the 90s. I don't think De Niro has an action franchise in the 90s. We know. I mean, we know. I mean, I don't even know if Schwarzenegger has one. But he doesn't have to be in every movie. (sighs) Hmm. Actually. Okay. Well, what about the crime elements? Do you want to focus and just ask if it's more of like a crime movie? But do all action movies count as crime movies? All action movies are definitely not crime movies. Um, Okay. Huh. Are all crime movies action movies? Is this a fingers, thumbs thing? (laughs) What's going on here? No, no, because there's like... Because cops and robbers, you know... know. Sure, but like white-collar crimes... There's plenty of movies mm. featuring white collar crime that do not feature action sure. sequences. Man. Uh, okay. What? Man, I'm really hung up on the fact that we that it's a it's an action franchise that's no longer active. That's not based on comic books. Trying to figure out within the, that framework, that's what's really throwing me off right now. Featuring a Caucasian and, lead. Now, our, yeah. Are like, I'm gonna burn the question. I was gonna say, like, are all the leads Caucasian or whatever? Because 
I went down like a men in black rabbit hole, like down a men in black rabbit hole for a minute because technically no. one of the leads is Caucasian. Other one isn't. I, I wouldn't say Tommy Lee Jones is the lead. I would say Will Smith is the lead. Well, I would say they're, I would have said they were co-leads. Well, I'm going to help you out there. I'm going to say I would agree. With <laughs> <laughs> um, huh. Well, does, other than Terminator, does Schwarzenegger have any other franchises that existed in the 90s? Because even that, it's only T2. Now that we're all back and recording, for the audience members, this episode might sound a little strange to you in that we have recorded on three different input signals. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to do my best to stitch it and even it out. Uh, I am not hopeful. But by the end of this, you will have an episode. The act one, Gary will be about three to five seconds behind us on audio. Act two, smooth sailing, but for only about 14 minutes. <laughs> so until he act- disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> and... 14 minutes. Act Act 3 uh, is like a remote recording, so I will probably sound a lot clearer than the other two, but we're going to make it work. Okay? Sounds good. So that being said, we're going to recap. We're stuck in the middle of a terrible game of 20 questions. We're in a game of 20 questions. You have asked 13 questions. You guys might want to get each other back up to speed before you ask your next question. Okay. Action franchise that exists in the 90s, does not exist currently, starring a Caucasian lead, not based on a comic book. Uh, not an award-winning director, and Correct. the lead of this movie has never starred or co-starred with Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> it's what not a, Bruce Willis. I think <laughs> it's an important thing. What a great... Bruce Willis. What a great... It could have been. What a great random... The thing to throw into all of that. I love that actually. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, what about what about Harrison Ford? Do you want to phrase that as a question? <laughs> what, what is the question? That's you. Uh, I mean, so he was in the two Jack Ryan movies. Yes, yes. And he was in, um. The one where he killed his wife, The Fugitive, which also technically exists in a franchise because U.S. Marshals is a, either a sequel or a prequel to that. I forget. Yes. It's got to be a sequel, right? Because it's... <laughs> I don't know. I'm not well, doing... Actually, it. no. Sorry. It doesn't have to be a sequel because... Oh, wait, sorry. U.S. Mar- I, the thing is, I've never seen all of The Fugitive, but I have seen all of U.S. Marshals, and I don't know which one came first. True. Um, I don't know. My main thing is that there's only so many guys that they give fran- action franchises to in the 90s. So oh, also remember that the director did not direct all of the films in the franchise. True. <sighs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> okay. I think I got it. I think I got it. Gary, why don't you ask me before you ask Anthony? What about Lethal Weapon, dude? Hmm. Al Gibson. Sure. Sure. Um, I definitely don't know whether that director directed all of the, the things in it. He definitely not. did not. Okay. Um, so how do we phrase that question? I mean, we could, we could be more vague to begin with. If you want to say, is this a buddy comedy or is this a... Well, I was going to say, because if we phrase it like, 
is Danny Glover in this movie. <laughs> really only rules out one movie or two movies. So Yeah. Um is Joe Pesci in a sequel? <laughs> no, no, we're not asking that Joe Pesci. Specifically, <laughs> these questions are too precious now. What a strange turn of events if the answer to a question like that is yes and it's not the movie you're thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it was gone fishing. Um <laughs> Well, so, do you want to ask if this was a buddy cop movie? Is that is that the question we want to ask? I think that's a good corner. Okay, let's go with that. Is it a buddy cop movie? No. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's 14. There goes all that. Huh. Huh. What else is there? Um, oh, okay. Well, all right. Um, Jurassic Park? What about that? Well... <sighs> I was thinking about that earlier, too, but that series is still going. Jurassic World is a direct continuation of that story. But if it's based on your rules, is it? I don't know. I guess. They are direct sequels to those movies. They don't do a whole lot in terms of, yeah, Jeff Goldblum's in it. I guess you're right. Okay. Um, hmm. What else is there? feel like i want to i want to give you guys a hint really how do you feel about that okay okay i mean you certainly uh, i'll be vague i'll be vague about the hint okay there is a certain question that you've asked that you got an answer to that you may be a little bit too hung up on and i would like to remind you of the caveat that i gave you before you started questioning in this game the action part of it we're hung up on the action part of it maybe a little bit too hung up not not i mean it's not wrong oh but you're a little you're a little hung up on it. Uh, <clears throat> movies can have more than one genre, is what I'm getting at. Sure. Especially by IMDb standards. <laughs> <sighs> well, it's definitely not a crime movie. We'll get away from those. Buddy cops. Still a little bit of action. Hmm. Well, I mean, it could. Could be more of a thriller, but it's a franchise. What if it's a sci-fi? What about sci-fi? Okay, but see, like I was already like thinking about that, which is like kind of like why like Men in Black popped up into my head earlier, and like so I kind of was just looping that in. <clears throat> All right. Well, well, well you want to just ask if it's a sci-fi then? Sure. Is this a sci-fi movie? It is not. Why? <laughs> God damn. That's, uh, that's 15. I feel like I'm dragging the team down here. No, because I'm totally, you're at least trying to like work the process. I've hit a total wall that I can't get past or around. Yeah, I, 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 I hate that. And it's so funny because I feel like in a non-pressure context, you'd probably be like, you'd probably guess what I was thinking versus even having to ask. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. Uh, I do like the response to is this a sci-fi movie? No. Why? <laughs> um, uh, come on. Um, all right. No crime, no sci-fi, no buddy cops. No Bruce Willis. No Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> or Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> or, or Ryan Reynolds accompaniments. Yeah. yeah. 
no comic books. That's throwing me off so much. It's like, mm. oh, this is going to kill me when we don't get it. This is so dumb. <laughs> oh, God. Come on, we're smart. We're smart guys. Seen a lot of movies. Uh, Hang on a second. All right, well, how about is this movie a sequel? No. No. So it's the first. It's the first in the franchise. Good one. I think that's a good one. I'm going to be really mad when this isn't an action movie at all, but it had like one sequence of action. And there's a car chase. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think think you'll feel that way. God damn it. God damn it. Okay, so this is... Well, how many questions do we have left? Uh, you have three questions and a guess. Okay, so do all of the movies in this franchise, were all of them released in the 90s? No. Okay. So the first movies in the 90s, not all That's right. <laughs> I want to do it, but... <laughs> <laughs> I want to know now. Yeah, no. I think you what? should just do it. What, what about Sean Connery? How do we feel about Sean Connery? What movie, Gary, was he in <laughs> in the 90s that was the first movie in an action franchise? I mean, Highlander? Are we, is that not... <sighs> was the first one of those in the 90s? I'm pretty sure. I've never seen Oh, wait. No, but no sci-fi, so no Terminator either. Huh. Well, also, remember, it's not a sequel, so T2 would have been the only one it could have been. That's true. Hmm. I don't know, Al. I feel like I've dragged us down a lot, so... (laughs) Just go with your instincts. Fuck. (laughs) Al's like, that's my problem. They're gone. Yeah, they are. I'm literally firing in the dark. (laughs) That just rules out so much. There's no... I know, that's what's so confusing to me right now. Back to the Future, but no, there were no sequels in the 2000s. Ah. The first one was in the 80s, right? Are we, we're going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to make me feel worse about it? <laughs> I wasn't trying to do that. Just, this is me going through the process, like, confirming. You, you brought a thing out, confirming. Not rubbing it in. <sighs> All right. Well, uh, oh, there's one... You said it's not a current. Okay, no, it's, it doesn't exist anymore. Like, it's no longer con- currently running. So if I was about to say, wait, wait a second. Was the first Fast and the Furious in, like, 99? Because that would be obnoxious. But no, this series is literally still going. The, the most recent movie is coming out, like, a couple of days from now. <laughs> uh, do you want to circle back to, to De Niro or, or, or Stallone? I was thinking Stallone before, but... Again, did he kick off any series in the 90s? Oh, wait a minute. I mean, technically Judge Dredd, but it's a sci-fi, I guess, that had a sequel in the 2000s that's a franchise that's no longer going that doesn't have Bruce Willis or Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) Was that actually a sequel? Dredd? I mean, it's in the same universe. Yes, for all intents and purposes, yeah. But it's sci-fi, so... I feel like Dread was a reboot. I thought that I would have said reboot. It's a reboot. I don't know. Um, I feel like Anthony wouldn't steer us away from Dread directly if it was Dread. (laughs) Dread. It's a good point. 
At this point, with with 70, 17 questions in, I'm not trying to win, like, aggressively. <laughs> play defense. Uh, what about, I don't know, I mean, we did mention Billy Connolly. There is Boondock Saints, but I guess that is more of a crime movie? Or Well, they're not cops. They're not cops, but they are buddies. <laughs> And they are white. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um is, yeah, is Gary's Austin running away from it. <laughs> Sorry, what'd you say, Gary? What about Austin Powers? Uh I mean I wouldn't consider that a sci-fi movie, but like it depends on how much you feel about like them going to the moon or traveling in time. But, like, those were always, like, jokey mechanics, not, like, the actual point of the movie. So that would be a kind of a technicality. Anthony, does this movie star Mike Myers? It does not. (laughs) (laughs) You have one more question and a guess. Um, I feel like Gary's just taking this out on the stairs right now. Like he he's just doing laps around the house because he, he doesn't know what to do. Shoot him one. I, I thought we were gonna do like I thought this was gonna be over. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty disappointed as well. Though I did warn you that Anthony was gonna be merciless, and I didn't so intend far, to be. So far, he has succeeded in mercilessly subjugating us with this question. All right. Well, who's left? I mean, it's just Schwarzenegger. What year is Predator? Predators in the eighties. Yeah. Okay. Ah, uh, die. I mean, it's not Bruce Willis. It's not Die Hard. Yeah. Well, die Hard's in the eighties. <laughs> um. He's like, wait, hang on a second. Stop hang on a second. That. He's hang on a second. <laughs> hang on a second. Hang on a second. Is this movie? Animated. No. Damn it. <laughs> you really thought you had it, though. It was a Hail Mary. No, it was a Hail Mary. It didn't work out. That's right. So we got to right. You got to guess. <sighs> okay, we, we already ruled out Lethal Weapon with the buddy cops. Um, <sighs> is it, there's no Downey. There's no... Like a crime noir... <sighs> Remember, on this one, we just got to guess a movie at this point. So. Yeah, we just got to pick a fucking movie that has a little bit of action in it. I don't, um, I don't Just Pulp Fiction? <laughs> no, wait, no. First of all, that's not a <laughs> that's, that's everything that you asked so far that I said no. <laughs> We're doubling down. I don't believe you. Pulp Fiction. <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> Not a friend. What the fuck? What can it be? Winning director Bruce Willis is in the movie. Uh, uh, what? A, fuck. I don't know, Al. You 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 pick a goddamn movie. I don't know. Oh God. I I I literally don't know what to fucking guess at this point. This is so hard. My animated <laughs> one for a second was a Hail Mary. I was hoping it was going to be like Toy Story. Um, which obviously it's not because it's not animated. Um, sure. I li- like it's not even like we're to the point where it's like, oh, it could be that and like a like a way like off like Hail Mary thing. I, I have no fucking idea what it is. 
there's got to be a sneaky guy that we're just missing. What? Oh, no. Uh, it's going to be a girl, isn't it? Because we never actually confirmed whether it was a guy. Anthony's laughing, which means... Uh, it- I'm, I'm not giving anything away. I'm just laughing at this conversation. is fantastic. <laughs> I, I, can, I can feel the frustration. <laughs> it hurts so much. It's palpable. <laughs> You gonna throw a movie out there, or are you gonna throw in the towel? We we have to guess. We have there, to guess. Just to guess a movie, even if it's horrible. Is it Highlander? Honestly, I truly have nothing better. So let's go with Highlander. Yes. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's, not it's not. It's not Highlander. All right, ready? I'm gonna break this down for you. I'm gonna start reading facts about the movie and see if you can get oh. it along the way. Okay. So mad. Released. And this is Al, this might hurt you. Released in 1999. Rated. No, because I kept waiting for you to backdoor that fucking 90s question. Like, I. Uh... Rated PG 13 with a two hour and four minute runtime. Directed and written by Steven Somers. Somers? Somers? That name sounds vaguely familiar, but it's. Uh, I'm going to give you some. No, I'm not going to give you actors. I'll just start reading the. I'm going to start reading the description of the movie, and then one of you will shout the answer. At an archaeological dig in the ancient city. The Mummy! That's a a good one. (laughs) And with that, Al feels the despair that I felt at not getting Indiana Jones. (laughs) No, but the thing is, like, well, for one, like, Indiana Jones, way bigger, more relevant, like, more, like, enjoying of that movie. Like, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the first two Mummy movies. Um, I know the first Mummy movie came out in the 90s. Yeah. Though I wouldn't have been able to guess 100% 99. I probably would have guessed 98, 99, whatever. Um, oh, just never crossed my mind. Not even a little bit. Well, that's the thing. But that, wait, hang on a second, though. That is, that is a sci-fi movie. No, it's not. It is an action-adventure fantasy, and I would agree with all of those. I do agree that it's not a science fiction movie. No, he's right. We lost. We just lost. I, I mean, guess by the, the strictest definition, it's not a side. But I don't. I kind of loop that sort of. The Frazier thing is the thing we fucked up on because like, <laughs> we're missing. <laughs> we were missing from the '90s action guys. Does this movie star George of the Jungle? <laughs> <laughs> so. It's like what other guys did stuff like that where they crossed over into action and it's just like Nicolas Cage. Like in the 90s, you really couldn't do that. John Travolta, like... We got beat fair and square. No, we did. I'm, I'm, I'm just... Well, thanks for playing. It's been fun. But with that, it is time for our flick of the week. The New Mutants. Not the Old Mutants. Courtesy of Gary. Uh, released in 2020. Rated PG-13. Released in 2020. Is that accurate? Yes. Oh, shit. Yes. Released in 2020. Rated PG-13. With a one hour and 34 minute runtime. Oof, if I had to guess. <laughs> that was not the number I would have thrown out. Uh, five young mutants just discovering their abilities while held in a secret facility against their will fight to escape their past sins and save themselves. Oh, boy. Uh, let us start this off with our tweet length reviews. Uh, I'm going to go Al's first. I'm going to make a little sandwich out of this because I think I already see where this is going. So, Al, you go first. <laughs> okay. What a low bar to clear, but 
it's fine. I kind of liked it, even though I didn't really follow some of the big picture stuff going on. 5.5 out of 10. Okay. Gary, your tweet length review? Following. I'm going to make this as positive as possible. Traditional end of the X-Men franchise. This, um, this small um, uh, addition to the movie's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, Gary, I'm just going to throw this out here, and it's partially my fault. I'm going to remind you next time you're on to prepare one ahead of time because you're very clearly coming up with that up top the fly, but this is the hardest one. Sure. I, but I'm just – I didn't think to remind you because you've been on enough times that I assumed that you knew that that was going to be a part of <laughs> That was amazing. Me. Honestly, I, I'm glad you didn't remind him because th- that couldn't have been better. Uh, <laughs> what was your – sorry, what was your score? I think he's asking you, Gary. But it's the scale. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's just a 10-point scale. Uh, I'll give it a six and a half. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I will give the New Mutants review as much care and thought as they gave the movie. Meh. <laughs> Four out of ten. <laughs> oh, I, thought, I thought that was an officially a meh out of ten. <laughs> meh out of ten. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I uh, started this movie off. I was watching it. I was interested to see where it was going. And then I just wasn't anymore. <laughs> I don't know. It felt a little hollow overall. Uh, even if that, I, I don't know if that had entirely to do with like the skeleton crew that was running in the movie. It felt like a big open space with not a lot going on. You know, the funny thing is, is this wasn't a movie shot during the pandemic. This was shot like several years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet it felt like it could have been one of those movies that was made under pandemic circumstances because right. there's only like six people in the movie at any point, And most of the time they're not super close to each other. And in fact, there's plus a lot those, of times... Plus where, those gangly, those like dangly, gangly guys. <laughs> but those were all 100% CGI, so, <laughs> sure. um, you know, the, the smiling men. Things of nightmares. I understand. I mean, my main thing is, is still the Disney-Fox merger looming over the film. Uh, I understand it was mostly shot before the actual merger... But clearly, I mean, my main thing is, especially with Dark Phoenix as well, is how much they had to hamper these movies so Disney would agree to it so they could be like, all right, well, that makes it a little easier for us to introduce the X-Men the way we want to in five years and six years and four years and how many ever years. So with this and Dark Phoenix and... Dark Phoenix was much more edited and changed uh, because of Captain Marvel and because of the merger. Uh, and they even had the director come out and say that this was his vision. You know, how much of that is actually true, I do not know. <laughs> Blink if you're under distress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I mean, yes, clearly there's all things that are very obvious that are problems with the film, with the the nobody else being in the mansion or the grounds. Um, And all these guys are trying their best. You know, Maisie Williams does an okay job. I mean, all the actors that are there on film, I think are doing the, the brother in stranger things, William, Mm -hmm. uh, they're doing what they're supposed to do. And I think magic was very good. Anna Taylor joy. 
as uh, a very good professional young actress. Uh, and they all understood the assignment mostly. There's lots of there's lots of accents in this movie. I was gonna say I um I do have a question about some of the accents that went on, specifically <laughs> the Anya Taylor Joy and the I you just said the guy from Stranger Things is that his accent? I never watched Stranger Things. Is that typically his accent? Because no, uh, I think it was doing more of a Southern thing. Yeah. It sounded very specifically like West Virginia type. I mean, they're talking coal mines, so you know I figured that's kind of the the gist of it. That one was a bit rough. Her Russian accent or whatever that was was a bit rough. Mm-hmm. I thought her accent was just called over the top. I didn't know it was actually meant to be something. <laughs> just vaguely, you heard. Vaguely you know, you know what really, what really threw me was like she does that accent when she's speaking normally to people. She does a different accent when she's using the bird hand, and then, <laughs> and then occasionally the accents drift into each other, like at random scenes. <laughs> Throughout the movie, I get it. It's hard to keep it straight. Well, that was my that was my biggest issue. With that. There was one scene where she does the voice for the puppet. She does the vaguely European accent, and then there's just a third one that there's I think no accent in. Yeah, but it's like sandwiched in between other scenes, and like they cut away and they cut back, and then she's got the Russian accent again, and it's like maybe they won't notice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It was it was a little silly. I, the, the grounds very much felt like the mansion from Deadpool Two. Yes, <laughs> right. Yeah, which, was, <laughs> which was, I guess, supposed to be the same grounds and mansion from the X Men movies, but like only if like someone who had seen the movie and then had to draw and recreate it <laughs> would make it look <laughs> like. Where it's like, I mean, it's kind of like that, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I would I think Gary mentioned her early on, but I think Maisie Williams probably brought it the most out of everybody there. It's funny because she also was doing an accent. She's British and she was doing an Irish accent, but you would have was it she... Irish or Scottish? Well, something. one of them for sure. Some, something. I believe something, it was. I believe bro. werewolf was the accent. Something with a bro. <laughs> for sure. I, I, but she did a good job. I actually like. Every time, like her character was captivating. Like, yes, I I wanted to see where that story was going. I liked the idea, like the like how pure there was, like how pure like of a like of a vision she has. Like she was taking, um, I can't even remember the the who I'm gonna call her the main. Uh, what was it? No, Danny. that's Danny. Yeah. I'm gonna call. I, I like how she was take how uh, she was taking Danny under her wing and like was was bringing her up and showing her the the ropes. Not that there were many ropes to show, but the, like it, she did make it seem like there was a lot more going on there than there really was. Yeah. Uh, I will and say it's... one thing that was super jarring about that character is like for for like I don't know maybe a ten minute span we were getting these cuts to a wolf. It's like. Can we stop doing this? Like, I know who it is. Like, I know what's going on here. Like, <laughs> like there's no mystery here. Well, the best part about that was the first time you see the wolf, it's when Danny tries to escape, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a wolf is just running slightly behind and to the left of her, and we make no comment. No, like, no, no. other character makes any comment on the fact that, hey, look, there's a wolf over there. None or, whatsoever. And then, yeah, and that, we just get, like, these constant, like, cut-ins of, like, oh, it's, like, what are we going to do for this, like, transition scene? Like, how about we just, like, do a snapshot of a Trapper Keeper? And that's what it looked like. <laughs> and also, at what point did we establish that she was either a wolf or a wolf person? Because if there's a certain point, she stops turning into a wolf and turns into a half-developed wolf person. Is wolf person the politically correct form of werewolf? <laughs> 
Yeah, because like I'm thinking of like, the classic, like old school, like 80 years ago, black yeah. and white horror movie, The Wolfman. Mm-hmm. But like that that Wolfman was closer to a werewolf, but I wouldn't really say that she was a werewolf. Yeah, she yeah, was that, kind that, of that in between stage with the sideburns and the long nails were just people that I used to go to concerts with. <laughs> It was like partial transition Teen Wolf, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like before he becomes the wolf. <laughs> like ran out of ran out of money in the costume budget. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think they're if we're gonna focus on the positives. I'm, Is that what you mean? Well, she was positive. <laughs> she I would was, say. Yeah, she was. I think you're right that that character. I think by no, far is very competent. Um. And, and no part am I taken out because this looks bad. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and the power sets are pretty cool. I think Sunspot's really cool. Um, I'll agree with that. I think the powers were dope. Really cool. Like, um, <coughs> I would say they were cool, but some of them were a little confusing. Like, I'm not 100% sure what the power set was. Like, because Anya Taylor Joy just had the power of imagination, I guess. Well, no. I mean, she does have a magic sword and can go into another dimension. Like, But it's a dimension she created with a sword that she created for herself because that was her fantasy realm to defend herself. And also, she has a puppet that turns into a dragon because that's what she imagines her alter ego as. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, I almost... it does like, go on. at any point, any one of them could just, like, break out of there. That is kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like it, she, her powers work cool but when you break it down power of imagination yeah it's, it's funny what's interesting about that is like it, it just seems like uh it's like psychic powers of, of some sort where you could kind of manipulate the mind it, like because you don't really know like what the mechanics are of her power right so it's like i was kind of curious are her power and danny's powers like similar it's just they yeah they're the they, they, the execution is just different well that's why i was wondering because like for the most part, like when you take just the sequence of her fighting the bear, right? Like, okay, so it allows her to jump portals, right? Because she enters limbo, then exits it in another place. Okay, mm-hmm. cool, got it. She's got this sword. I don't know why it doesn't create a full suit of armor. It's just a sword just and an arm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get a little dragon. Cool, awesome, fantastic. But the one little bit that like threw me off a little bit was she pulls Danny into that realm for a second. Right. And remember, she asks, "Is it hell?" Which was cool. It felt like a kind of a cool jumping off point to where like that could go, because that's where it starts to get into what you're saying. Where is it? She's manipulating her mind too. You know? Yeah. No. It it, it was it was definitely interesting. I uh, sorry. You, I don't know what it was about what you just said that sparked this for me. But at some point, like in I don't know in in the nineties mo- mostly, I feel like it was a badass character, like someone who's supposed to be like this badass would at some point spray paint something. Why did we bring that back? Why did that happen in this movie? <laughs> she jumps into I'm, that fountain and pulls out that spray paint can and very aggressively shakes it. It's like this is really this is a dumb scene. You're my little just no, 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 I'm not. No, this is stupid. I don't under, like just cut this. Cut these five minutes. It's un, it's unnecessary. Well, I will say it doesn't it doesn't it feel like when you think X Men, it kind of evokes specifically the 1960s and the 1990s. So. Well, there's your spray it, can. It, it used to, but unfortunately, what it does now is X Men is a franchise that I feel like is a small version of what DC currently represents. What do you mean small? What does small mean? Um, because it doesn't 
like incorporate all of the Marvel stuff at large. It's just its own world right. of X Men stuff. Right. Okay. Whereas the DC world has gone off the rails entirely, and is this this joke at this point of like a couple of good ideas and some crazy shit that happened and like at one point was really good (laughs) it's it's that exact trajectory that's i mean yes absolutely and and this one actually has an ending which is funny (laughs) (laughs) i hate pg-13 horror i really do like scare me or don't scare me or whatever or give me scream or something ironic or or Jennifer Love Hewitt in a, a tight dress screaming. What do you want PG-13 horror really doesn't have a home anymore because it's just trying too hard to make so many people happy that it's like high schoolers have seen scarier things on their phones. Mm. Like, you're not going to have a, so, you know, what so, is... Um, so what you're slender- saying... Yeah, what what you're saying is retitle the movie and make this your two-week length review. It's New Mutants colon A Nightmare on Elm Street with a Bear rated PG-13. Well, even in the Nightmare on Elm Streets, most of them are, are rated. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, A Nightmare on Elm Street light meets Annihilation Demon Bear, which they call it the Demon Bear at one point. <laughs> they do. I will say, at one point watching the movie, when 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 the bear uh, really shows its teeth and, and bites through the doctor, like, abruptly, right? Bursts through the window, eats the doctor. I'm like, I feel like this movie started with this scene, and they tried to fill it out in two directions. <laughs> um, so that handcuffs you, the PG-13, sure. the fact that it's the only other spinoff in the X-Men universe, really, other than... Uh, the Wolverine, I would say X-Men Origins Wolverine is actually a prequel and is in canon where the Wolverine is more of a spinoff where it's just Logan on a journey. When you say the Wolverine, you mean Logan, right? Like just the movie Logan? No, the Wolver- there's actually another movie called The Wolverine. Directed where he by goes- the same guy, James Mangle. James Mangle. Oh. <laughs> where he goes to Japan and it's, uh, it you, you know, to- okay. Starts pretty good and doesn't finish very well. Between and, X-Men Origins Wolverine and Logan, there was the Wolverine. Weren't there three movies in that? Yeah, I just said between X-Men Origins Wolverine and Logan, there was the Wolverine. And one but more I don't know. movie, no? What's up? I thought there was one more movie. I thought there was like a trilogy that was like the X-Men Origins Wolverine <laughs> stories, and then Logan was almost separate. No, no, Logan would be the third one if that's oh. what you're doing. Hmm. Um, but then, so it's the PG-13 rating, it's the fact that it's a spinoff, and it's the fact that it's a last movie in a franchise that obviously would no longer continue by that point. So all these things handcuff and hamper the movie. That's true. I think we get a little bit more positive than negative out of that result. Um, yeah, it was it was so obvious that this was a jumping off point for what they were going to make a bunch more movies from, and like that's just not going to happen now. Because mm-hmm. I, w- I would watch them. I would watch these three or five, five or six strangers you know, go off into the woods together now that they're a team and try and find. And that was the main thing that was going to upset me is if they never brought up the X-Men at all. But there is that one scene where the guy puts his like fingers to his head and does a Professor X impersonation. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, 
oh, if they don't mention Professor X exists in this universe at all, I'm going to be like, what is this? I mean, yeah, they didn't say the whole thing. Yeah. Isn't it obvious we're training to be X-Men or whatever? And, yeah. yeah. Um, I will say that I didn't necessarily dig it early on, but by the end of the movie, I did like the group vibe, like the whole ensemble I thought did kind of reach kind of they, a cool chemistry. They, they do, but I, what was confusing to me was there's a point like where um, what's it, Ileana Rasputin, that's Anya Teller Joy's character, and Danny, yeah. uh, like they are, they are clearly at odds, and then all of a sudden they are not. Well, she brought her a puppet. Before that, they were they were completely at odds. You also you can't come with us to our lie detector den, and then a few scenes later, they're hanging out. Well, I mean, there was the moment where one of the other guys says, "Let her come with us." No, not that. Not even that. Uh, this is like a. It's it's a now another day. You would think that that has worn off, right? This 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 hangout. Then they're okay. all back in the. They're back in their little uh, TV room, and they're kind of all joking around. And I'm like, I I just don't understand the dynamic. I understand. You have to have that for the movie. Unfortunately, that has to happen where they all bond before they all break out together. So. I mean, but yeah, they, but, they, not... but why did they bond? Because I, I had no reason to believe that she, that uh, because uh, they literally was no longer being a bitch to to Danny. They literally had no other choice but to bond. What no, else were they? They do? bond before they need to, or they seemingly they just well, they, I mean, they're just getting along randomly in a scene at one point. I don't remember them getting along like the two of them specifically in that. The only time I remember that coming together was after. They all start having their nightmares or whatever, and she tries to kill her, like, and then she gets, like, needled in the neck. She brings her the puppet. Sorry, I just scrolled through the cast. I got sidetracked by that. Yeah. Uh, Marilyn Manson was the voice of the Smiling Man. Did not know that was a thing. Yeah, I saw that he was (laughs) in the cast, but I didn't realize that's what specifically it was. What a random... The Smiling Man had, like, what, two lines? Like... (laughs) Maybe. If that. Jeez. So that was the part, that was the jumping off point for what I was sitting in the movie thinking. Is this just ripping off Sucker Punch now? Because they had the whole, the, the Smiling Man was a metaphor for like her being raped and or experimented on. And she goes into a fantasy world to defend herself from that. And like, wasn't that the plot of Sucker Punch more or less? Uh, I mean, that's giving this movie probably too much credit. Like... <laughs> <laughs> haven't seen sucker punch like i would definitely reconsider what you because there's a that's a loaded movie no i know uh, but i mean like the most distilled down version of it is there's a fantasy world created to avoid ptsd and trauma coming from being abused by yes someone okay that's all i was getting at was like that whole fantasy world created to deal with the trauma specifically of a girl from an older man who's been abusing her you know what i mean sure absolutely i mean i don't know the power sets are the power sets like i understand it's hard to be like well why doesn't this work or why doesn't that work but it's like well jubilee she just shoots sparks out of her hands that's what (laughs) she does (laughs) or cable you know he would be like a really strong telepathic mutant but he has a nanotech virus that's eating away at his body pretty much. So he uses all of his telepathic powers to stop that from happening. I mean, I understand the movie didn't do a super good job of communicating that, but magic's power sets are magic's power sets and they just worked around more than they. 
That's fair. I, I, I'm not a, like I. You like to. I, I appreciate you bringing up early, like well, focusing on some of the good parts. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that, and then I'm gonna say something that really bothered me. First, uh, was I, I actually think that they did. You, you are right. They focused on the characters. I think really well. They wrote the characters individually well. The actors yes. nailed the performances of those individual characters. Then they threw them into a ring, and didn't really write a good story around them. That that was the yeah. main the main issue for me. Uh, a bigger issue for me is the fact that there's six people in the movie and Roberto's like always doing dishes. That's a problem. <laughs> no, it's but, true because like we don't we engage with his trauma last of all of them, and then also like at the least amount of time with it. No, I mean like they fleshed out that story. It's like okay, mm-hmm. like she was he was in love with someone. He lit her on that fire ended up being a really strong bit of a story but it's it's just a snapshot and that snapshot is while that snapshot is great like a series of those snapshots just kind of thrown together don't make a good movie because on two ends of the spectrum right you get that and then you have rain who i thought that character was by far like the most well fleshed out with like the best arc because like okay so when we look at it chronologically we have the jumping off point of she manifests her powers she's super religious she goes to church to pray away whatever this is thinking that she's possessed by a demon or devil or whatever horribly abused by a terrible priest mm-hmm. and so she needs help she seeks help outside of what that person clearly didn't offer her but still maintains her faith and religion. like she's going to confession in a chapel that has zero priests in it mm-hmm. she's giving legitimate like she doesn't have to go through the ritual or like she still means all of that as a part of her process to try and stay grounded, right? Mm-hmm. And doesn't let any of her trauma actually get in the way of her trying to get whole again. Like she knows that she's not there yet, but she's right. gonna keep working towards it, which I thought was pretty powerful and, and a lot. I mean, through the process of both helping this other newcomer who doesn't understand where they're at yet in the world, and also letting it allow her to be who she was. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. She 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 nailed it. I, and and that like like you said, that character. I think they they gave it enough. Where like they gave her enough screen time to actually flesh that stuff out, which was good. Yeah, uh, I will say, Danny, right? Like the way that the way the movie like kicks off with like the whole like the, the dad waking her up, pulling her out of the town and stuff like that, putting her in the tree. I was like, I've seen enough X Men movies to know that you caused this. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, sure enough, uh, it was your bear. Yeah, and I was a little bit confused on that too because, like, I guess we've kind of seen an analog to that in the was it the the Jason was that what it was the character the Striker's son in X Men Two the the one who's in the wheelchair who's got the the powerful like telekinesis who projects yes. the, the like you know to like these horrible fantasies and visions and people to fuck with them and all that. So I guess there was like an element of that to her power mm-hmm. but like she's creating like real world fantasies with physical manifestations of their worst fear kind of like harry potter boggart style i guess because she's a new mutant not which is mutant. <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> kind of a cool twist on that whole thing but i was a little confused because there was a little bit of like an oroboros situation where it's like the snake eating its own tail because ultimately the worst of the horrible manifestations is hurt own which right. is attacking her mm-hmm. 
And that seems to be, all of them seem to be subconscious, where I imagine that, like, where that character have been given the opportunity to develop, they could weaponize that power, like, say, sick that bear on someone else. Mm-hmm. I was a little confused about, like, the self-destructive part. I mean, I guess part of the whole thing is, like, the, the self-destructive nature of trauma and all that sort of stuff, but we didn't really see an inciting incident of trauma. Sure. Prior to her creating her own trauma by killing her whole reservation, like that part is where I kind of lost track of all that. Mm-hmm. That's, I think there was a duality thing that they were doing where they were like inside everybody, there's a good bear and there's a bad bear. I think it kind of opens with that. Sure. I just uh, like, like typically like that sort of thing, like maybe she would have witnessed as a young girl, an actual bear kill her mother. And then when her powers right. manifested, her fear of the bear caused the metaphorical bear to attack her and the reservation. I just didn't understand what the inciting trauma was to create her powers, creating the now metaphysical trauma. That's, right. I mean, I don't know. I, I think it was more that uh, that's just her spirit animal. I think they did, like, spirit animal stuff in the movie. Um, So it was more given to her. And, I mean, we see even in X1, uh, it opens with Rogue's powers triggering when she doesn't want them to. Mm -hmm. Um, I understand there was no... There's usually an inciting incident, yes. But as far as the X-Men movies, usually the, the powers they just activate when you hit a certain age really... Sure. My my point specifically, though, was if your power is specifically fear-based, don't we need to get the original specific reason that she's afraid of the bear? Well, no, I don't, I don't think so, because she's not... Um, it's not that she's... Uh, okay, I, I actually think they give enough reason for that in that there is a... a, a it's, maybe it's not handled very well, but in the very beginning of the movie, there's some voiceover, right, about the whole the book, the bear thing. So that is something yeah, that I think, I think most of those, age, right? I was say, I think that most of those voiceovers tend to be done in post-production. Yeah, oh, and it was like, definitely. I oh, think someone... We forgot about how, why the bear. We forgot about why. I think someone why. raised the question that I raised, and they're like, I got... 90 seconds of voiceover that are going to take <laughs> they, care of all of them. Yeah, they, they, watched, they watched the first cut and somebody mentions the bear necklace and then somebody else in the room went, what the fuck's that about? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that, that is the answer, right? Like, so, like, my, in my opinion, she, the idea is that as a young kid, her father told her this story that resonated with her. It's something that she's held on to forever. The power being fear-based just manifested itself for her in, like, she doesn't want to become the angry bear, right? But, like, the fear is, like, I don't want to be this bad person, and I want to stay away from being this bad person. But then that bad bear comes into play. So her worst fear is fear itself. Bad bear. And bears. Bad bear. <laughs> sure. Fair enough. <laughs> but... I don't know. It, it, it didn't bother me so much. What bothered me, I did, again, though, it's execution. I I agree with you. Um, we, we, I, I brought it up not even to, not even thinking about, like, that we'd talk deeper about it, but, like, that that type of voiceover thing, it was so clearly added on after the fact. And like, it, like, you're it's right. painful. You're, you're right in your analysis, but I'm just saying, like, that's not good enough. <laughs> okay, that's fair. 
I don't know. I mean, she grew up in an indigenous community. You would assume that she would interact with bears. I... Sure. My point is just get a flashback of her watching her mother get killed by a bear. You know, <laughs> like show don't tell. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, just just this movie's already so handicapped to begin with that. You know, either you can put it on for 20 minutes on an afternoon or stop and start to watch it for a little bit and turn the channel or whatever, or you can't. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. I mean, mostly just as an X-Men fan, I'm glad it got released. And, I mean, I'm glad it adds to the universe in a small way, just the smallest way possible, because we're never going to see these characters again. Sure. Well, Uh, surely, like, the movie was completed. So... At that point, release the fucking movie. Now, if you don't want to go through the whole rigmarole of sending it to movie theaters and it's going to go straight to streaming, fine. But at some point, the movie's been completed. Make it available to someone to see somehow. Which they did, you know, ultimately. Yes. <laughs> uh, but when I the end of the X-Men franchise, it's always just going to be Logan for me. Like, yeah, that's the end. Sure. Really. Well, it definitely went out with a whimper when when you consider what happened to the two, like slightly similar, but ultimately like not exactly the same, like debacles that were dark Phoenix and this. Yes. Oh, one character that we haven't touched on much is the doctor. Yeah. And I want to bring her up because there was something interesting going on. I actually think the actor wanted to do so much more with the character than was ultimately written because what I was getting from the maybe the first two thirds of the movie with the doctor was that uh, I you know you I, I feel like we all made the assumption obviously this is not a great place she's probably working for some sort of evil corporation right but what I was getting out of the performance was that she was maybe questioning it I thought she cared absolutely and that was I think maybe the most obvious version of where rewrite slash reshoot happened mm. because. It seemed like she wasn't actually training a bunch of killers. She looked like she was trying to teach people how to come to terms with themselves and, like, rebuild. Because yeah. all of them were kind of broken. Like, more so, actually, everyone other than Danny was, had, like, a very specifically obvious, like, version of themselves. Like, they were broken. Like, we're seeing manifested, like, split personality and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, like... I wouldn't say she was necessarily doing a good job of it, but like it did seem like she was yeah. kind of trying to help them through their trauma. For for sure. Like I almost thought that like the intention was to to find out who's the worst and they would become part of whatever this program is that they want and the rest would kind of be are, are kind of be ushered out like as if they were to have succeeded to make this whole facade of this thing that they're doing seem yeah. like appropriate, right? Whereas or, like or or you could see them like if she was like goading some of those antagonistic relationships to see if someone would snap and kill the shit out of someone it's like that's the one that's the one we need for the murder weapon program you know what i mean but like but more so that she's trying to make them be better so that like they they can they can be released as as better because they would not fit the criteria of the program like and that she would maybe prefer that and like you know at the expense of she'll probably lose her job if she's not getting any recruits right but like it, it seemed like she was conflicted for the first two thirds of the movie, and then all of a sudden she was just a monster. Well, that's the other thing is because when it gets to the point where she gets the ultimatum from like up top, like it seemed like she was leaning towards 
I gotta find a way to make this look convincing when I blow this all up so that the, the kids can all get away or whatever, and I might have to make a heroic sacrifice. And instead, she went full must follow orders, like Nazi style, and let's kill the shit they, out of these they, innocent people. They actually wrote that version that we're talking about, and then someone high up said, no, 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 90 minutes. the movie is so hampered by it not having a sequel ever i mean there's a very easy way to backdoor just mr sinister mr sinister is the the guy who's running the hospital and you know i mean obviously put in other doctors in the background and stuff like that but uh, then have her be like, no, Mr. Sinister, you're evil, obviously. And then he gets her killed. Like, I mean, yeah. there's 15 to 20 minutes you could add on just by doing that. Mm-hmm. But Mr. Sinister is someone who's never showed up in the X-Men movies. So that's just somebody else. Disney's like, don't use him. We're going to use him, okay? When we get this problem. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I think, I think Anthony, you made a good point there. 90 minutes and also... No more actors. Yeah, like yeah. We, we, we're not introducing other people. And if we kill her off, we have to have someone who's pulling the strings, the Mr. Sinister, and probably minions who carry out the killing of her. You know what I mean? Sure, we could maybe CGI some more smiling men it to like, hack her up or whatever, but... It would be amazing if one of two things happened. One, we just added an animated person because we weren't going to hire another actor. Or two, we just repurposed another actor and we don't talk about it. <laughs> like, like the doctor has a twin, but like we don't recognize that it's a twin. <laughs> it's just, it's just her <laughs> with the mustache. Yeah, no, with the Groucho marks, like the the nose glasses and the mustache. It's <laughs> like doing a different accent. Yeah, he's big into clones, right? So I mean, they have blood stuff in the movie. Blood stuff. <laughs> this mutant, and they're they're testing it. And it's like <laughs> the whole clone saga with um, uh, that creates Cable is them taking DNA from Jean Grey after she's already dead and, and making another Jean Grey and Scott procreating with her and making Cable. And it's, I mean, these are all things that they could have done and fleshed out the movie very easily. But in my opinion, Disney said, no, I believe that Disney would not want to blow their load on big bats, big X-Men big bats that they haven't used yet. They've used Apocalypse. They've used a Magneto. Like, who's left? You know? Yeah, they, they do seem to be kind of scraping in the bottom of the barrel at this point, then. Absolutely. And we've, we're there. We're at the bottom. We're this, we can't go any further. This is it. It's going to be a little fucked up, though. I mean, like, some of those roles you could definitely recast adequately, but... Getting another, and I thought like Fastbender and McAvoy did great jobs, but playing younger versions, I think you can get away with it. But trying to get a new quote unquote definitive take on Professor X and Magneto, like you're not going to supersede Patrick Stewart or Sir Ian McKellen. Like, yeah, 100%. I mean, all they're going to do is recast these guys and hope that they age into things that are as compelling. But even the whole Magneto, the origin story, they're going to have to change because there's no way that... I mean, Auschwitz was 60 years ago years ago now. So he's 80, gonna be 80 years ago. <laughs> 80 years ago, even further away. So it's like, there's no way 
they're going to have to change something regardless. I mean, it just sucks. Like, as an X-Men fan, and all these people who say, oh, well, Marvel has the property now. Like, they got it. It's going to be okay. It's like, well, yay, I kind of like you, Jackman. I kind of think X2 is a masterpiece. Like, sorry. I, I still legitimately think that X2 holds up. It's a, it's a strong movie. Fantastic Four, cool. Go have fun. But X-Men, like, that's way harder to do. Well, I mean, certainly I don't think either version of the Fantastic Four or any of those characters feels like the definitive take on the character. Um, whereas, like I said, between yeah, Hugh Jackman and Stewart and, and McKellen, those guys all feel like the definitive takes on those characters. We know we're going to get new versions of them or everything. And I'd be curious to see what a you know, MCU-ified version of X-Men looks like and how they can incorporate all that and where that would change and twist and accentuate, like, the storylines and all that. I, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm on board for it. It'll be cool, but, like, it is a little bit bittersweet. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to it only in the sense that, like, I, I think they need to... The old stuff needs to stop because they've run out of control. Similar yes. to DC, it needs to stop. Time needs to elapse. And it needs to be restarted. Yeah, I mean, I think we've, we've seen hard stop. Like, they are not going to pick up the threads of this. And, you know, yeah. fortunately, unfortunately, it, it's neither here nor there. It's going to be something totally new and completely different. It's not going to pick up any of what we've already seen on screen. Yeah. I will say, like, I, I, I agree, like, right? Like, when you think about Wolverine, uh, the first, when you say the words Wolverine, the first thing that comes to my mind is Hugh Jackman, right? I think about him as Wolverine. Uh, I yeah. also think about, like you were saying, uh, Ian McKellen. Like, I think, I think about that stuff. But... Uh, it's also because it's been around for so long, and it hit us at a, at like a formative time. I mm-hmm. think that they they could they could do it well, and they could cast it well. And, I'm sure it will. And they it's just going to be hard. Will, they probably will. They will. They will not do it unless they can do it well. Sure. Um, I just it's always gonna. I'm just. It's always gonna butt up against those like monolithic performances. You know. Mm-hmm. I'll say. I kind of. I mean. Uh, you know, growing up, I loved. I loved the Batman and Batman Returns, right? Like, I, Michael Keaton was, like, my Batman for the longest time. Like, I, I was excited for the new Batmans. I, I was I definitely... There was a part of me that was, like, thinking about, like, oh, this will be strange to see somebody else in the suit. But I I loved what happened. And now, like, I don't know, the Dark Knight is my favorite Batman depiction of all time. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think there's there's a chance that they they make a movie that just absolutely rips right and like you just be you go like holy shit they did it and i don't think that's i i think they have to do that if they want to continue like and then they want to bring these characters to the fold and if there's anybody that can do it it is this it is this marvel disney thing gary disagrees everything has potential to be good but like if we're using first of all batman's one character mm-hmm. I- the X-Men is many, many characters. You have the Brotherhood, you have the Mutants, like, you have the Sentinels. Um, I'm just really happy with what we got. And even this movie is really well cast. You could make a sequel with Anatelia Joy and Maisie Williams in the Stranger Things guy, and people will show up. Mm. So, just think always, they, they made a lot of right decisions along the way. And just to start over and to do a hard reboot is really hard. 
I I think mm. with their new platforms and the fact that they're doing some TV shows right now, I think that X Men would probably be best suited as like a series that will run for ten seasons. Like that they they continue to make new storylines and bring in new characters and phase things out and like actually just stand that up on it. I don't know that I don't think that they'll do this, but I think that that could actually work with because there's so much to do in the X Men universe. Because I feel like the X Men universe itself is probably as large as the rest of the Marvel universe. Yeah, when you consider like all of the like you picked like ten semi-casual fans of X-Men lore and you could probably like create a roster of like 30 characters between those people like just like recounting people that they they, they recall vaguely from like reading like one comic or watching like the animated show in the 90s or mm-hmm. watching the movies you know what I mean um so that would and that from that perspective like lend itself to television show because it would very quickly turn into a Game of Thrones-esque cast when you consider how many characters could be incorporated in that fashion i would say the only one-to-one comparison so far is spider-man where they took a a property that was owned by another company and they made it their own and there was already such a relationship with the audience and the character already that they had to change so many things where there's not even an uncle ben anymore and it's like Sure. I mean, there's going to be little things that piss people off. Uh, and Homecoming's a great movie, and Far From Home's a great movie. And, well, I think I think that also comes down to rebooting it twice in 15 years, though. Yes. Absolutely. Like a, a marquee property. But what they're actually going to change and tweak and timelines and are, you know, what they're actually going to do, I don't know. And I like what I have already. And maybe, I mean, I like Spider-Man. I like original. I love Tobey Maguire. And when he shows up in Spider-Man No Way Back or whatever, I'm going to cry. I'm going to lose my shit. I'm going to be a little fucking kid. That's only because they brought back the thing that I liked. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be because they did so well on this next, you know, iteration. All I know is they better have Jake Johnson in that Spider-Man. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you can have Tobey Maguire, you can have Andrew Garfield, but if you don't have Jake Johnson as well. Yeah. <laughs> Al's walking out. I just hope <laughs> I just hope John Mulaney's on the street. <laughs> Is anyone going to pick me up? <laughs> <laughs> Is anyone going to get me? <laughs> oh my god, if we don't have like that's what we need to do, right? We need to have like a quick like cut of like the assorted Spider-Man like crashing into like the wall of a no, comedy club, no, and no, it's no. John Mulaney on a stand-up and Nicholas Cage, Jake Johnson, and uh, I think, like, I think they're Ryan all just standing online at like a hot dog cart. Just a group of them, yeah. I'm just <laughs> them, like sitting front stage watching like John Mulaney on stage <laughs> or something like that. That would be pretty great. Oh man. They're all at a hot dog cart, but uh, uh, well, Johnson is actually serving the hot dogs. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Disney does. I'm not. Uh, the thing is, like they they've gone this far and they've made they've made some great stuff. They haven't really. I don't think there's been. I mean, there hasn't been many misses. Maybe early on, but that was just because as they were getting formed. Uh, they're they're bound with you put out a thousand movies you're bound to miss a few so I mean that there is the chance and they really haven't lately there is a chance that they do miss when they come to the X Men universe 
So, Absolutely. but that I will, I mean, they, I should, I feel like I need to give them the benefit of the doubt right now because they have done so well so far. Yeah. I mean, what's the closest that you would consider to a miss in the last like eight years? Like mm-hmm. wasp. Yeah. I was going to say, is it Ant-Man and the wasp? Like, which was still do, fine. Wait, I'm sorry. Do we consider that a miss? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, by the, like, well, I'm saying, what's the closest to a miss of all of those movies? Is, is it is it that one? Like in a post like the Dark World era of MCU, is that the closest that we get to a miss of all those movies? Yes, but X one and X two hold up for me so well that if you botch your introductory like X Men platform, be it a Disney Plus show or a movie. I'm gonna be extra harsh. That that I, I I totally get where you're coming from there, but if you really think about it, uh, that means that the majority the, the majority of the X Men movies are not great, right? Okay. Two, two I mean, of them true. were very think, good. The rest of I them think, were not. <laughs> Maybe well, I think, I have three of them. Sorry, Logan was amazing. But <laughs> well, I, I mean, like Days of Future Past was really good too. Days of Future Past, The Wolverine's fine. A movie that you just learned about tonight. <laughs> no, I actually, I, I've seen it. I just thought that there were three movies in that in that like cluster, and I thought Logan was like something that came after the fact. Okay, and then also like, how do we include or not include like the Deadpool movies? Are those X Men movies or not? Because they kind of are. They are. I think they are. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think I agree with that. I feel like they're kind of on their own in their own like side universe. I, I understand they reference the other material, but like. I guess what's what's great about the best thing I feel like that came out of all of the the nonsense is that Deadpool exists because those movies are really funny and that wouldn't have happened in a Marvel universe. Well, we're gonna wait and see because it's gonna happen in a Marvel universe. Not in the MCU. In in the Fox universe, yes. And and the, we have to give him more credit. And I'm just gonna turn into more of an X Men fan as. As longer this goes on, but Logan's are rated, Deadpool's are rated, and Deadpool Tools are rated, and the MCU has zero R-rated movies. And I don't know. I mean, it's just more of a willing to take a risk. And I know the movie that we're actually talking about, zero risk. They just put it out. But um, if they had more direction, if they had more planned sequels. Well, the risk was that they made zero dollars on it because they didn't release it theatrically. Yes. Uh, but if they were like, hey, we've made R-rated movies before, you can get a little crazier with this or whatever. And not that, oh, this might become a Disney property. So can you just make it PG-13 and put it out? Like, Well, didn't they say that the next Deadpool was going to be rated R? Yes, but after the fact. I'm just saying that like, that will be under the Disney umbrella. When it comes out, Fox has already done it. I know. I'm just saying, like you said, oh, look, they've never before, like Disney and MCU. Like they will, though. That that will break the ground on that. Yes, and yes, sure. Anthony, what movie were you looking at just before? I was trying to figure out why I'm so confused about this whole Wolverine thing. I have, <laughs> I've got like, I've got like three, uh, like X Men collections because they kept releasing them at different points. Okay. And one, one of them is like the Wolverine collection. And I think this is the reason I was so confused. It's like X1, X2, X3. Oh my god. Then it's the Wolverine. Then first oh. class. No, sorry. Then Wolf, X, I mean, Origins Wolverine. Then first class. Then the Wolverine. So I was thinking the last three in that box were a Wolverine trilogy. But 
the middle one was first class. Uh, he's not in that, but he has a cameo. He has a cameo, which is amazing that it's in this box set. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I don't know. Just to put a cherry on top of it, I mean, I don't think Fox did everything right. Sure. But the things that they did do right when I was 10 years old, when I was 11 years old, like, made me really happy. I would say they were like 50-50, right? Because you have X1, X2, you have Days of Future Past, you have Logan, um, and we'll even be kind and put in first class in that one, Collab in 5. What's that? Yes. Okay, and then on the other side, you got X3, X-Men, Origins, Wolverine, Apocalypse, um, Dark Phoenix, New Mutants, and then it's up to you whether you decide, because I've known a lot of people are torn on what the Wolverine is. Some people really like it, some people hated it. So that's like the tiebreaker and it's whichever way you feel that's, about it. So they're about 50 That's fair. That's fair. But 50-50 is not great when you're no, talking not, about a movie franchise. No, not at all. Not in the least. I mean, Batman is 50-50 if you really want to do this. like <laughs> Batman Forever... Batman and Robin. I, I don't. Oh, oh, hang Robin. on. Batman Forever is fantastic, and I will not budge on that. As a person, yes, but <laughs> most would disagree with us. Like most people would be wrong. <laughs> Batman and Robin, atrocity. I love it. Atrocity. <laughs> All right, fellas, where do you want to cap this? Huh? <laughs> well, definitely around the conversation around Batman Forever, because the last time we talked about that on the show, it didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> Deleted archives. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, <laughs> that's all for this week's episode of Flicks in a Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to Flicks in a Six at thespintune.com or tweet us at thespintune. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'll see. And I'm Carrie Gorecki. <laughs> Thanks for coming.